just like while you're down there, why don't you just grab a few other things that you should probably never use, like the the repugnous talk show or something. Mm-hmm. I'm only saying that because I'm staring at a Tiny Titans repugnous that's on my desk. What the f*** is going on down there? Happy 20th birthday to Beast Wars, or as the real people call it, Beasties. Hello, welcome to WTF and TFW, and I am uh, Vangelis. I'm hosting the show, and I'm from Canada. So to me, uh, this is the 20th anniversary of the day we discovered Beasties. Uh, TJ, you're not from Canada, so uh, I guess you're celebrating Beast Wars Day? Um, technically, but, you know... I've, you know, I've got a got a friend who was on the show, so maybe I'm kind of like celebrating in spirit, beasties. Good, because real people celebrate. Be- Aaron, are you a real person or are you celebrating war? Um, how 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 is that <laughs> what a, a thing? That what can a way be to construe without it. sounding horrible. What a way to construe all those horrible things together, wasn't it? Yeah, I worked yeah. on that all day that, in the that's, shower. That's like saying, "Hey, Vangelis, are you still beating Kren? Yeah. <laughs> to which I yeah, I guess to which I answer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh but yeah, it's the tw- it's the 20th anniversary of the debut of Beast Wars. And that's pretty cool cuz that was don't don't get me wrong, to, to me that is the show that legitimized Transformers fandom as a fandom that could watch a show they could take seriously. Uh it it gave fiction that was discussable on a deep level where you didn't have to make up half the stuff about it that was deep. So it's a really cool milestone. Also, we now have two decades of, to this day, people still saying, man, I think it really sucked when they all turn into animals and stuff. So 20 years of that argument. I'm old. We are here to do episode 404 on this April the 22nd, 2016. Uh, We're going to talk about Transformers today. We're going to start by talking a bit about uh, the current info we have on Machinima's Transformers Combiner Wars series. I don't remember if I yelled about Go90 on this podcast or not. So I'll mix some of that in. But we got a new thing from the 2016 MIPTV conference where Machinima CEO Chad Gutstein, that's what I'm going to call him, uh, had given a sneak peek to the show, not in video form, just in the form of some artwork and a little bit about what the show will be. Um, what he told the crowd was, uh, he did the thing that I think Hasbro has done before, talking about the, uh, gajillions of hours of Transformers content on YouTube. So I'm just going to pretend he was talking about me. And, uh, he goes on to talk about how, uh, Combiner Wars, the Machinima series, is going to be 40 years removed from previous events. Uh, Cybertron is in a time of peace ruled by a triumvirate, but ancient technology has appeared. Um, and uh, he talks about some of the world's leading creative minds, Eric Calderon, FJ DeSanto, and George Kerstick. Uh, it's directed by Kenji Nakamura. Uh, and there's a really cool picture of what Cybertron looks like in the show. So this is debuting in July on, uh, Go90, a terrible platform that only Americans can watch. Uh, you don't have to be on Verizon to watch it, but... I am still unsure and unclear if you can even watch it on something bigger than a cell phone without using some kind of software workaround. Um, And who knows about getting episodes out for other people to watch. The question was posed to the team uh, how anyone outside of America is supposed to watch this. And all that was said was there is a a plan for an international release. So that's good. 
It does not negate the fact that Go90 uh, exclusivity on Machinima stuff. We're not the first ones to get hit with it, but it's awful. And uh, it's, it's, it's a side of the digital future that I'm hoping to put behind us soon. But uh, So you're saying their international plan wasn't... <laughs> oh, oh, wait, you're serious? Yeah, it's... Uh, for those who don't know, Go90... Uh, which by the, so so Go90 is Verizon's streaming video platform, and they gave Machinima a big bag of money a year or two ago to provide them with a pile of exclusive content for their Go90 service. Uh, for those who don't know, Go90 is an app you can download. If you're on Verizon, then uh, there's to a certain degree an amount of free data involved in streaming with that app over LTE. Uh, but if you're not on Verizon, you can still get the app and watch stuff on it. Uh, the the name Go90 is meant to reference, hey, why don't you turn your phone sideways and watch stuff on it? Turn it 90 degrees sideways. <gasps> so it's a widescreen shape. Stop. I have an urge to punch you now. Well, thank Verizon. Uh, the current Street Fighter series, uh, which whose name I can't remember, it's the one with Nash in it, um, the live-action series, that's currently a Go90 exclusive, so I went to dig around a little bit in uh, Street Fighter communities that were talking about it and, you know, YouTube comments. And it seems generally no one's happy about it being on there. Lots of international fans can't watch the show. And it sounds like a lot of people are having trouble even figuring out how to pirate the show out of there for international fans. And I think it really sucks when a show comes out in a position where people are like, all right, well, then how do we pirate it if we can't watch it? Because that that's a shame. And no one involved in making the show has anything to do with that. I would borderline say Hasbro doesn't even have anything to do with it because this is all a machinima deal. So, uh, well, that, that rant was going to come at the end of this topic, but now it happened at the front. Hey, Aaron, aside from, yeah. uh, from go 90, uh, <laughs> how are you feeling about this first glimpse at the art style for combiner wars? Um, I think it's cool. I'm still trying to figure out what it's 40 years or whatever from. I think that what they're doing is, they're making what I would call the smart decision of just saying 40 years ago, the generic Transformers story was happening. Yeah. And then it ended. And so we're 40 years into the somewhat generic future of a. It's like with what was it? Resolute. G.I. Joe Resolute. It's like yeah. this isn't in continuity, but it looks enough like it that. Yeah. Who cares? Leave the background just generic enough that it could be anything. Yeah. Um, the, the image, uh, the first one where he's standing in front of a cityscape looks kind of like a, maybe a city bot foot. Oh yeah. Or, or the way that those pylons are sticking way out there. Yeah. Yeah. Looks reminiscent of that, which would be interesting if it turns out that like, Oh yeah, this city is a giant robot. Who knew? Tune in 2017 for Titans return exclusive to iPhones. I'll let that go. Yeah. I'll let that go. It's okay. It's okay. We... Like, on but the bright no, side, no one is championing Go90, so I don't feel like I'm having to speak out against anything here. Yeah, it does <laughs> seem like some of it's just like, man, we got, I mean, they gave us a bunch of money, and so we kind of got it. Yeah, well, Machinima got a bag of money, and then this Combiner Wars thing, I think, really solidified. Turn, so. Turns out they make you sign things when you get a bag of money. Yeah, and it... I feel for the creatives whose work is not easily accessible to the fans who want to see it. Uh, that second picture also is, is very silhouette but that's clearly Windblade, and those are two big combiner guys. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be combiners in this show. Mm -hmm. uh, TJ, how are you feeling about this glimpse at the art style? 
Now, the art style is definitely interesting. I mean, do we know if this is like final art style or if this is just kind of the tone they're going for? I think this stuff is concept, but there's also that that picture that uh, was brightened up to sort of reveal the Windblade model they're working with a couple weeks ago. I don't have that in the topic list, but I will dig it up. Mm. Hey, I dug it up already. <laughs> Hang on. This is, this is like the thumbnail. I got to click on the picture to get the big picture. Uh, technology. Here you go. There's Windblade. This was brightened up. Like, the poster they actually released was a lot darker. But someone went in and oh, brightened okay. it. That's what you get for using real assets. Yep. <laughs> you should have drawn that silhouette, suckers. <laughs> no, I'm liking what I see so far. It definitely has me interested, because it, it is a very different tone than the stuff we've been getting the last few years. Hmm. I'm thoroughly curious about what we are looking at with the big cityscape because you know clearly it's a it's a more cybertronian city yeah but there's rocks and clouds and what may or may not be sand or water that it's all standing on i'm not getting cybertron from this i'm getting current comic book cybertron from it because current comic book cybertron has like it has a rust sea Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're out there, does it like, have does it have big rocks? In the Rust Sea, there were some big rocks. I don't know. Maybe maybe those mm-hmm. are maybe those are just more big metal shapes, but they're they're under that cloud. That's the thing. Like I, I see these big rock formations, and I think this isn't Cybertron. Maybe this is Earth. And then I see this gigantic silhouette in the background of like a moon or planet that should be tearing this other planet apart from gravitational force alone, but... Hey, maybe Unicron shows up. <laughs> yeah, that's Unicron. So, yeah, someone boosts the gamma on that, and you start seeing the pinchers and everything. Yeah. It turns out, if you just boost the gamma on all these things... In fact, the entire synopsis for episode one is just in the, in the combiner nipple in the background. <laughs> you just, you know, boost the gamma a little bit more, you'd see it. Uh, also, I, this guy isn't the new bald german man but this gentleman standing in front of the two pictures i'm i'm trying to set i he's gotten to the point where i my brain is editing him out of the pictures and i feel really bad if if he's ever at a convention or something and i'm just start editing him out of everything i'm looking at and i walk right just, into him yeah you just run into him You're like what was that <laughs> it's like no i'm right here who said that no it's 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 me it's not hello uh, sitting there shaking like a animal in a thunderstorm. What's going on? The Machinima CEO, Chad Gutstein, uh, also apparently exclaimed that this is not a children's cartoon uh, in relation to there being a sense of film-like cinematography. So that sounds a whole lot like a guy who hasn't worked in cartoons talking about a cartoon. Because film-like cinematography is not a fresh new thing. It's cartoons. It's not common, but it's not fresh and new. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. It seems like it's going to be a series of, you know, seven, eight minute episodes, probably about an hour ish total for the season. And, uh, I hope that I get to see it legally, but either way, I will support this thing. I like the people working on it. Um, and that's about it for Machinima Combiner Wars, which is, we were talking about this as a thing like, yeah, I guess this is happening like ages ago. And it's really cool to see it becoming more concrete and being mere months away, when I think it was less than a year ago, I was saying, yeah, it's probably just a motion comic. 
Um, anyway, let's go on to new picture picks. Uh, Aaron, do you have a picture you'd like to talk about? Sorry, was that me? You had a moment of Skypey. Oh, uh, well, now the cops are on the way. No. Aaron, have you got a picture you'd like to talk about? Okay. Um, something I've constantly been kind of asking about. We have a real-life place at Victoria and it's being sold, and it's out. Yeah, this popped up, what, yesterday? Yeah, so Victorian has shown up for uh, $99.99 at a couple of Targets on the in the like Pacific Northwest, Oregon. Yeah, I'm amazed that she showed up at a Target what, first. Washington. Well, I can see Target doing it because they do sometimes have they they seem like of the non Toys R Us stores that carry toys, they tend to have more larger, maybe boutique type things. Yeah, it's just the, the other, like the G2 sets, if I recall correctly, were often first sighted either at Toys R Us or on Amazon, basically. Right. So it's kind of cool. Is this, I mean, that's still the question of, is this also a Toys R Us thing, or is this... A target exclusive or a target slash online exclusive. Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say that I'm pretty sure it's like everyone's getting it, um, okay. primarily online, and then maybe a few on storefronts. But I'm unless unless we hear something else, I would assume all the combiner gift sets coming up are gonna work like the G2 ones, where all they right. just they they are online and in some storefronts. This is, I, I don't recall Target ever getting the G2 ones on a shelf. So, unless I just missed that. Like, that's that's the real news here, aside from Victorian actually being out. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, I'm happy. Now it's official. I'm still looking forward to Victorian. Like, colors and whatever. I, I, got, I got good feelings about the figures, and I got good feelings about potential, like, repro label stuff. Repro labels, you just want it to be all the bright colors. Just bring the green back to life, and I'll be happy. Um, Aaron, this, uh, I think I've asked you this now like four or five times in the last three months, but Victorian's not on your radar right now, right? Uh, I actually kind of think so. Oh, okay. Um, different, you know, uh, new hands, feet, and weapons will be enough to tip it, I think, my way. Cool. Um, I mean, with the G2, Minasaur, and, uh, Superion, both of those are really close to being just the exact same thing. Yep. But different color, whereas this is adding in new hardware, which might be enough to tip it. Um, I'd probably still get the other two if I found, like, a deal on them. So I just found out about a deal for G2 Menasaur on Sears.ca after it sold out. for like one. Okay. It was like 110 Canadians, so 40 Canadian dollars off the retail price. Oh, that's not bad. And I was like, man, I, I would have mm-hmm. liked to know about that when it was in stock. <laughs> I know last month Hasbro Toy Shop was doing free shipping and like, I want to say like 20% off, 20, 25, one of those like crazy spring deals they do. Yeah, the spring code. That was also one of those moments yes. of staring and going like, man, well, this will suck to go to Canada. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I might have bitten a little bit harder, but uh, yeah, we need to yell back. louder about these things when they happen on our social media, I think. Yeah actually at me or something because i know that lately with you know we're i just work 50 like two hour 
week and five days. I don't even do social media because it's energy. There's less than that. That's less than 72 hours and that's only three full days. So oh, I'm sorry. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go back to work. I'm terrible. Uh, TJ, are you with 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 her out in the wild now? Do you think you, if you just came across a Victorian, you might have a moment? If I just came across that, I don't need a hundred dollars this week. Yeah, you know, like whatever. I'll eat ramen. Yeah. yeah, the electric bill's overrated. Yeah, who needs electricity when I have pedal bikes? <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. I, I I was gonna pay the electric bill, but look. They finally remolded the arms on the helicopters. Yeah, this is important, all right? Culturally <laughs> important, you savages. No, man, what you do is you work, like, massive overtime. <laughs> the punchline of every conversation today is going to be, or work a 52-hour week, right, Aaron? Oh. Yeah. And then Aaron, oh, like, with, just sheds a single With overtime tier. pay, that's like working an extra it three days. It is kind of... Oh, it is. <laughs> It is kind of creeping up on me a little bit as I stare at now. Oh, hey, you can get G2 Superior. You can get G2 Menasaur. Isn't that the cool thing you always wanted? And they're all upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, they're not hypothetical anymore. It's not. But it's, but it's the same toy I already have. It's not like saying, "Hey, pre-plan all your purchases." It's like, "Hey, you might just stumble across one." Um. Also, I had I had one little thing that I I realized after we we were done saying 52 hours to Aaron. When I said a single tear flowing down his face, I was thinking he's so overworked, it'll just be his tear duct squeezing, but there's nothing left to come out. Oh. If I think of more, I'll share them. Uh, Thanks. No problem, Aaron. I'm here to help. <laughs> with What's your friend? I'm here to help someone with something. I don't know what. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Victorion's out. Uh, I'm happy. That was becoming annoying because it felt like she was. I, it felt like Victorian well, it was because it was everywhere. Yeah, if, every show showed off Victorian and like, look, fan built combined body. Isn't this cool? It's great. It's coming soon. It was, it was, and we've been hearing that for like the last year because wasn't it like last year's NYCC? Yeah, and then like as of I want to say like what February it was like here's the finished one. No, before yeah. February. It was like... Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> where, yeah. when, how? Like, what's the warehouse with the pallet full of these that isn't sending them out? Can I just go there and, like, get one? <laughs> Do we gotta, like, set up a bucket chain for this thing to get it to stores? Like, I, I was... Hands across America this? I was wondering if it was just gonna be all of a sudden, like, $50 Victorians in, en masse just fill up winners and marshals or something like that. Yeah. Like she just she just missed that that she fell into that tiny chasm between major toy lines and yeah that would have that would have been if fun. You can be your local discount den. You can get this fan built combiner for you know. That would have been a great talking point for everyone who really is tired of the fan built robots. Yeah. Well, all two of them straight <laughs> to the garbage. I I love that 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 people have managed to hit fatigue on like like that Machinima series. I've seen comments like, man, I'm so tired of Windblade being rammed down my throat. And I'm like, where? Where is she being rammed down your throat? Well, you see, there was the one toy that's out. The one that may come out. And it's like... And a couple of episodes of a TV show. Yeah, she's in, like, she's in about, as of season two, I would say maybe a third of the cartoon as a background character, for the most part. Or, sorry, a secondary character. Jammed 
down the throat. She had her own comic, which quickly became co-opted into just being more issues of Combiner Wars. Look, we can't get away from her. How many issues of the Windblade ongoing didn't even have Windblade in, her, in, in it, like, for more than a few panels? Like, it was... I don't know. When I saw those comments, I was like, what What timeline am I in where I missed everything? <laughs> Jammed down the throat. Yep. Just like this rubber glove. TJ, do you have a new picture pick for us? Well, mm-hmm. Kinda. All right. I like kinda. Kinda. Well, no, it's it's one of those things where it's not much to talk on, but I feel it would be a disservice not to at least bring it up, which would be the silhouette for a potential masterpiece Inferno. Yeah, I, I was debating whether or not to give that its own topic, and I thought, hey, it's a silhouette, and we don't do this for the third parties. I'm not letting Takara Tomy get this just because they're Takara Tomy. But yeah. This came up at uh, in the Takaratomi Mall site, and I was one of the people who at first thought this was a Photoshop someone made out of Mastermind Creations photography, because they have a, an Inferno coming out, and they took a photo like this, and I didn't look at what that red alert looked like right away, because I, I didn't realize it was the unreleased one, uh, the anime colors one, so I was like, oh, this is a dumb fan thing, but yeah, this seems to be real. Mm-hmm. Um, it does bring a little bit of context to that anime uh, red alert coming out in the first place. It does. It makes that release make so much more sense to me now. Uh, I never thought Takara Tomi was going to get to Inferno like in the next couple years. It, it didn't seem like a, a place for them to go. But Well, you think about it and you see like there's still major ones from the 84 cast that we haven't seen yet. You know, poor Jazz just kind of waiting for his turn at this point. Yep. I got a theory, though. I, I I think I said it on here. I think specifically Jazz, uh, Mirage, and most importantly, Sunstreaker. Uh, if those were going to happen and there was like nothing stopping them from happening outside of the control of Takara Tomy, we would have seen those already. I think that that's a case of car license guys in Japan not being able to get those cleared yet. It might be, but it also... It's also very convenient that those that we haven't seen yet are the ones that don't have as much repaint potential as, say, Inferno, who you can get Grapple and Artfire out of down the road. And um, the, oh, what do we call it? Holler, the green one. Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, that guy who was an animation error that was turned into the seventh Constructicon with an e-hobby repaint of Inferno. Listen, they did clamp down, okay? Like, everything's free to go now. <laughs> But yeah, this was always the this was always the masterpiece that confused me because it, like I said, yeah, there's some potential reuse, so I can see them doing it. Yeah. At the same time, masterpiece keeps this weird little scale where everything's not in perfect scale, but if you have them in vehicle mode next to each other, they look like they make sense. Well, when you have them in robot mode, they look like they make sense. Yeah, the vehicle modes are a total mess if you actually know things about vehicles, but they look like the G1 toys all a bit bigger. Yeah, but they look yeah, they look like if this was a scene out of the cartoon, it would all match up. Yeah. You know, like and everything is basically in scale of can it fit into Optimus's box? Yes, it can. So There's no way that's no, about the only scale we're working there's with. There's no way Inferno's fitting into the trailer. Like that doesn't No, no. No. Until <laughs> it does. And then it's like, well, what is even good? <laughs> Uh, like to me, Inferno was always the one that breaks that little loose sense of scale, just because he's so like it's a fire truck. He's like this really weird like se- it's like he's not a fire truck. He's like a customized semi 
that's pulling a trailer that looks like a fire truck and it has no turning axes. Like, that's the way I always parsed him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's also like a taller character just in general. Yeah. And yeah. one can look at the unofficial masterpiece Infernos that, that are and have come out so far to sort of get a sense of the fact that he's just generally a taller character, which means this guy, he not only does he not, is he not like a dude, but he also is a bigger toy. So TJ, to your point, to make a figure of him, like they've got to get that repaint potential out of him like ASAP. Oh yeah. He's, he's going to be pretty big. And there's, it's, he only, he was in two episodes, wasn't he? Inferno? Like, I only remember two episodes with him at all. I couldn't tell you. Uh, he was in a, he was in a few more than two. Not in, like, major roles. He was okay. around a lot. I mo- I only really know him from the Red Alert episode, which is the only place Everyone I know. Everyone knows him from the Red Alert episode. Well, the only place I know Red Alert from is the, <laughs> the Red Alert <laughs> yeah. episode. That's all, well, that's all anyone knows is that that one time Red Alert went nuts. Yeah. Uh, this has gotten me kind of tempted by the anime colors red alert. Um, also, because if if I trade out my toy red alert for anime red alert, then Clampdown doesn't look so much like a red alert I already have. Because Clampdown has like the red thighs. That's one of the reasons I didn't get red alert before, because that he, he kind of just looks like Sideswipe lost his paint. And and it's it's particularly once you, you pick up Clampdown and put the two next to each other, it's like... These are two white Lamborghinis and like, like, you know, the red and black stuff, the police versus fire chief, like that's all going to enter into it. But they're like, I think even the it's the off whiteness of this anime one that's going to really help him out. Um, But as for Inferno, like, I'm very curious to see what their take is and also what the hell the release date will be like. This is going to be like a December toy, I'd have to assume Um, if he's if he's like, he's got to be at least that far out. Well, we know, yeah, we know Primal goes all the way out to August now. Yeah, and, Pr- and Primal's taken up a slot, so. Well, well, he's taken up a slot, and we've got Delta Magnus. That's God. Where's Delta Magnus? He's in the. I want to say September. Yeah, he's either August or September. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward. I'm always looking forward to more masterpiece news. Like they've they've hit a good stride. Kobayashi, if he's working on this one, he's really found a th- he's found a good place as of the Ironhide and Ratchet. Uh, design but also these last few masterpieces it's not really just been the kobayashi show like like masterpiece hot rod has a he had a bunch of people working on him so we'll see what happens uh aaron like there's not much to say from the silhouette but are you uh are you feeling ready for a masterpiece inferno um i'm like four or five behind on masterpieces so sure in like a year and a half yeah yeah <laughs> You know what I haven't done? Because I, I went to the third party forum, as you, as you do, uh, right after this news dropped, like the two unofficial Masterpiece Inferno threads, rest in peace, X Transbots, Dante thread. <laughs> that one didn't seem to do anything. But the Make Toys and Mastermind ones, um, they, they lit up, and I was like, I don't even want to look inside. I don't want to know what's going on in there. Um, I, I took a look later. It actually wasn't all that bad. But uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like there's going to if X Transbots does theirs, then this Masterpiece Inferno will deliver a fourth take on a Masterpiece scale Inferno uh, within the span of about 12 months. And I know there have got to be at least a few hardcore Inferno fans out there. So I want to congratulate them on having such a wealth of options to uh, to choose from. And yeah, silhouette reveals. Trash. 
just trash mm-hmm. stop doing it stop doing it my new picture pick is not a silhouette reveal uh it is instead a thing that i think many people had assumed was just going to not come out anymore because this was announced it feels like years ago this was announced like back during the thrilling 30 um but do you guys remember ultimetal optimus prime the mm-hmm. what was he one thousand dollar or twelve hundred i can't remember which the very expensive, um, non-transforming, licensed third-party Optimus Prime, uh, who whose big thing was he was huge, and you could strip all his skin off to look at his innards and his musculature and his skeleton, which uh, is a thing I'm into. Like I like the idea of it, and it looked like a super cool thing uh, that I wish I knew. I wish I knew someone who owned it so I could go and poke at theirs because it was. Um, wealthily outside of my price range. Uh, they they showed off an Ultra Magnus colored version and then showed artwork of Magnus armor that would go on over top of it. And many of us laughed. Well, it looks like they are actually still going through with making it. Um, so the, the two images we've got, they show the Optimus Prime repaint of this set, which is just a white Optimus. And they show the thing where you can pull parts of his skin off and see all the worky bits inside, which look really slick. Uh, but then they also show the Magnus armor. They don't show any kind of cutaway on that, but given the way the gimmick works, feasibly, you would be able to strip off pieces of Magnus armor and strip off pieces of the Prime underneath and get just all kinds of crazy skeleton, like, like cutaway views on the guy. The Prime himself cost a lot of money. I can't imagine that an Ultra Magnus fit over top of him would not cost a whole lot more money. So this is... Or even the same whole lot of money. Yeah. Because they got the money out of the first one. Well, I mean, my guess... My thing I want to know is, like, what the, what the, what's the production run even going to be on this? Like, my current guess on Twitter was four pieces. <laughs> Maybe six. Maybe six. <laughs> <laughs> to grab some of that Dreamwave money from the, <laughs> the Volume 2 cover. <laughs> Uh, I'm still going with my guess of you're looking at it. Yeah. This is the whole run right here. Yeah, they're not actually putting it out. They're just like, listen, we finished, okay? Here's what it looks like. None of you are going to buy this, so we're just going to move on. Uh, Fine. It's here. We did it. We can prove it. Nah. Yeah. Congratulations, everyone. I guess we did it. You joke, but Bandai does that all the time on their figure art displays. This is true. But this is this is this is Artstorm future. Like they actually that answers my own question. This is Artstorm future. They made like the uh oh what was it? Those those getter robos that were done in super limited numbers and were really complicated large diecast robots that cost a ton of money. They are the perfect people to be doing this. Um but yeah, I I think it's really cool. I want to see how this whole thing works. You can see on the armored Ultra Magnus, you can see the thighs of the inner robot are basically identical. Uh, and you can see parts of the skirt as well underneath the Magnus pelvis. Uh, you can see the shared elbow joints and kind of the shared biceps. So I yeah. I really dig the idea and uh, and I hope I can someday at least mess with one. Um, it looks a little bit, there's a little bit of cheaty to it because you can also see like the midsection of the inner Magnus still, but it's been done over in red. Yeah, I'm guessing so you it's just... It's literally the same parts you just take off and swap on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I guess you just swap in like red midsection bits, which I, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Leftover parts from unsold primes. Yeah. What's weird is you... I wonder if you're swapping them or if they're just like really thin plate... Because this is a huge toy as well. Like Ultimetal Prime was very large. 
I wonder if there's just thin red plates you put on over the white ones to further bulk it out, because you can still see a little bit of the grill underneath the, the red midsection piece. Yeah. So I would love to see how this thing works. Um, and and it's very interesting to me. Like, that whole rush during the Thrilling 30 of all these licensed thir- third-party pieces, uh, primarily non-transforming, um, a, lot, a couple of them we're still waiting to see come out. Like, uh, Ori Toys... Uh, Optimus Prime, the Hero of Steel Optimus Prime. That thing has been delayed, like, at least twice. And I really want to know what that thing feels like in hand, too. Um, anyone here thinking of going for Ultimetal Magnus, since that'll be the full experience with all the, the armor and everything? Nope? Okay. Uh, anyone here thinking they're going to go look at a photo review of it later? <laughs> Probably that. I'll, I'll look at a photo yeah. review. Hand raised. Um, I need to... I think I might know someone who got Ultimetal Prime, but I'm not sure. I need to, to go look around, see if anyone actually did it. Um, but I, I love this kind of kooky stuff, uh, especially since it seems like it's more so the people at that company are wanting to, to express their creative side and make this project. It's like that's more of the of the reason why it's happening than actually selling anything. Um, there's something about that I find a little respectable. Anyway, that's our new picture pick section. So now we're going to talk about a fresh trademark for Hascon, uh, which was trademarked by Hasbro Incorporated. Uh, trademark description, organizing and conducting conventions, exhibitions, fan clubs, and gatherings for entertainment purposes and in the fields of toys, animation, comic books, fantasy, gaming, pop culture, sorry, popular culture, science fiction, television, and film. This news did come shortly after the conclusion of BotCon 2016, which is the final BotCon under the current licensee, Fun Publications, who own the name BotCon. Uh, so if Hasbro were to want to use that name, they would have to buy it from them. And I don't see any reason why Fun Publications would sell it to them for any kind of a nominal price. There's, there's nothing to be gained from doing that uh, in a business sense. So the current thinking by some, is that Hascon is the replacement for BotCon. But I'm more of the school of thought of Hasbro trademarked another name some time ago, CybertronCon. I'm, I'm agreeing with the school of thought that it seems it seems more realistic to me that CybertronCon would be the Transformers show akin to Star Wars Celebration, and then Hascon would be the Hasbro show for all the other stuff, like My Little Pony, Gem, Mask, Inhumanoids, Rom the Space Knight, Micronauts, and, I don't know, maybe a G.I. Joe will be there too. But that would mean they'd be making new G.I. Joes, and that's not going to happen. Um, so I, I feel like that's more likely... There's a lot of fear about Transformers sharing its show with other things. And to me, Transformers is such a still successful brand that I don't understand why it would be bolted on with all these other properties when outside of Star Wars, it's like one of Hasbro's absolute top things that they have, uh, to, as far as I know, still to date. So who knows? I'm also just totally spitting in the wind here. Uh, Aaron, how are you feeling about the Hascon news and where do you think it's, it's all going? Um, I think I'm also in the, this is a potential convention for Hasbro's other things that maybe like I could see transform like their first year of doing conventions. They just kind of want to do one, maybe a roaming show. We're going to have this Hascon three times a year, be East Coast, Middle Country, West Coast, 
random off the top of my head, no sources or anything here, but just for them to get an idea of however their own people are doing conventions to have like a run up of what running a, a single show is. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe Cybertron Con is something else that that same team does. But I could see a, a company like Hasbro having the um, kind of the initiative or drive to be like, look, you know, we really want to do shows that you could have a show team that that is like what their job is in order to, uh, you know, have have specialists there, people that aren't like, oh, I do conventions and then also paint schemes. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's been, I, I mean, not actively, but there are, uh, just out of the context of Transformers, there are folks who have worked on and are working on Transformers who have worked on other brands inside Hasbro. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though team members would be ousted by by a unified event. Like, they'd have stuff to talk about still. I'm sure John right. Warden would, would love to talk people's ears off about the tail end of G.I. Joe. Well, that, but then you could also have, you know, if, if this is for everything Hasbro, you could have, you know... Here's you could have a My Little Pony panel, and yeah. then you could have a Play-Doh panel, and then you could have a, you know uh, their whatever the last Unity. What do they have a new name oh, for man, all I, of our other lines that we want to throw into a bag together? I want the Greg Lombardo Play-Doh panel. Yes, but you could have all of those at a Hascon, and you know because you're not otherwise going to have a Play-Doh panel. What is what would even a Play-Doh panel be? Everybody just has those, like, <laughs> masher things. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, like, 30 minutes of them slowly doing that and then putting a new die in and then doing it again and then maybe making something out of the, all the extrusions. <laughs> it's like the... And, uh, then fi- and then 15 minutes of Q&A. It's like, it's like right. some mashup of ASMR and that hydraulic press channel on YouTube. Yes. Like, no one talks. And, like, they, acoust- they acoustically buffer the room, so you're just hearing the machinery and the squish. Somebody starts to talk and they just have a big guy in the back just pulling out. <laughs> I'm just imagining product reveal panels for that. Just like, okay, I don't want to get anyone hyped up, but 2018, we're rolling out the oval shape on the extruder. Okay, guys, we have finally nailed down Pantone XXFFF332. That's right, we worked an X into a Pantone. No, shut up, it's real. We've done it. Play-Doh panel. I love it. Uh, TJ, how are you feeling about this uh, this new trademark and what it could mean? Uh, for now, it means absolutely nothing because it's just a name. Like, There's plenty to speculate on because we just lost BotCon, but the, the time to act on a replacement for BotCon would have been when that deal was finalized, when everyone came to the conclusion, okay, we're not, you know, uh, it's been fun, fun pub, but we're not... Like we're not renewing this license. I would like, I, I would actually probably smack someone if they said it's been fun fun pub to close that <laughs> business deal. Like that would that would be a alright buddy, we're flipping this table over and friggin' <laughs> <laughs> crack some yeah, knuckles. But the the timing to do that would have been earlier. Like this one seem like this one seems reactionary because we just learned about it. Oh yeah, but yeah. the one that the one that would have actually applied would have been Cybertron Con back when it was registered. That's more the time frame of, yeah, we need to plan out what is going to come after. Yeah, 
Cybertron Con also is a much better name because all right, let's let's get onto this topic. Hascon is a terrible name. It's weak and it lacks hard consonants. Uh, I mean, it has one. It's a really just just just. How do I put this? It's wispy. It's a wispy name. It has no strength. Uh, Aaron, I'm not gonna do it. You do it. Hascon, more like has been. Oh no. That show has con has come and has gone. <laughs> All right, TJ. TJ, where's yours? <laughs> I can has con. Yep. No, I can't make it. You could say I can't has con. It's a terrible name. It's awful. <laughs> I don't, I don't really care. It's just like I because that's part of the discussion. Like I feel I, I immediately had an opinion on it, and my opinion was I don't like this name. It, it's a name to make fun of. Uh, I looked it up, by the way, because I, I thought, hey, why not Brocon? That sounds like a way better name. Nope. That's already oh. been taken. Yep. There is a yep. Brocon. And see, that's the other thing that I think this could also be like, okay, we're looking at getting into the convention scene. This might just be uh, a name set. It like, might ha- be. Hasbro is something that's strong on our name. We could potentially do things with this. But if for whatever reason we want to do uh, My Little Pony convention officially and a couple of the names that we want are already taken by fan shows that they have prior art on it, we need something that's a f- fallback at least so that we can say, you know, Hascon, My Little Pony, and yeah. that's theirs without having to fight for anything. Plus, you know that they have a division that's just lawyers, and you have the new guys that you have to haze by sending them out into the world of go figure out who has these copyrights or if we can get it ourselves. Go on. It's that or get me coffee. I just wish that, I don't know, I, I think it's, I said this in the pre-show, but like the, the idea that even a drop in the bucket of money was spent to secure a name like Hascon that no one would ever want. <laughs> it seems like they're just... They tried to figure out a name that they could use for whatever they want, but yeah. there was almost like an insistence that no, everything is con. We have like you know you you like we have because yeah, everyone wanted a name after Comic Con, so now every convention is con. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be. What what if this is the sub brand? Like they had come up with better names, but it's like, hey, this is the My Little Pony Show Equestrival. A Hascon in like small print at the bottom. Uh, that's it's almost worse. What a Hascon or Equestrival? Hascon. Okay, because I'm real proud of Equestrival. I just thought that one up. It's like right. it's like Festival. No, like in like in my head, in ten seconds, it's like Hasbro Expo. No, no. I okay. This it's actually rolls. I spent time on these ones, so I got to share no, them. No, okay, right. But there's all there's also a difference between an expo and a convention. I'll be quiet. Okay, there is, but no one who goes to one cares. Right. Everyone still, still treats them like the same thing. The word, the word <laughs> convention has its its own meaning and feeling now. I know, but I'm I'm saying this So cause... if you try and say, no, it's an expo, okay, I know what a convention is. What's an expo? No one well, thinks Well, an expo that. is exactly the same as a convention. <laughs> well, then why don't you call it a convention? No one thinks, ever since PAX became a thing, and... And I don't think anyone's ever thought that. I've gotten annoyed because I've been to MAGFest a couple times, and I, I distinctly recall at least one staff person going, like, listen, no, we're not a convention. We are a festival. And I was like, I'm going to throw this chair off the balcony because you just said something pointless. No one, it's, it's, 
it serves the same purpose in our heads. Convention is just the first word everyone heard. I, I don't know. I, I've, ne- I've never been able to take seriously the conversation about the difference between the words as far as the user end. Also, I got a sh- I had two other ones I wanted to share for that were better because I thought of these real fast and I was proud of them. Okay, first up, Hasbro International Toy Show. We're going to go down to hits. No. Okay. Then I thought, what if we take the I out and we give it a lowercase a, the Hasbro Toy Show, heading on down to hats is perfect. Can can we mute his microphone? We're going over to hats. Well, give me, are you going to tell me a Quest Revolve was bad? Because I'm not going to believe you. No, a Quest Revolve's not bad. All right. Thank you. That That's okay. Thank you. Cause I was, I was ready to really legitimately stick up for a Quest Revolve. It's, pre- it's pronounced rest, that way, the, by the all way. All the rest of it, a horrible garbage fire. <laughs> I'll, not, a, not, a, not even a good garbage fire, a horrible one. I, Think about how bad a garbage fire is and then make it a bad one. I will concede that opinion to you as long as we can, you know, factually say Equestrival is probably the best name for a My Little Pony convention there ever could be. So whoever wants to run the best My Little Pony show, just buy that name off me because I already mailed it to myself tomorrow. And... <laughs> We'll do some business. Well, you'll have mailed it off by the time they hear this. That's right. This episode might take a few months to come no, out. No, he won't. But... It's Canada Post. <laughs> hey, man, we also got UPS and Purolator. We got services. I want to think of names for other properties now, but I can't think of any. Like, what would a mask convention be? It would have to be some stupid acronym. Mask on. Oh, no. Get him out of here. Get <laughs> He's drunk. Get him out of here. Mascot actually be pretty funny. Uh, I- I'm imagining a mask because of mask and venom. It should just be like the mask convention, but it's written in all caps with a period between every letter and just come up with a T-H-E. A really, a really <laughs> stupid K. acronym for it. Yeah. What's how many letters in convention? C-O-N- C-O-N-V-E-N. Too many. C O N ten ten plus seven for the mask, so a seventeen word acronym, the mask convention <laughs> that has the words mask and convention inside of it. Yep, and con- but but in the acronym, convention is spelled with a K because of command. Oh my god! What about Inhumanoids? What can we pull from there? What was the, what were the name of the good guys in Inhumanoids? They had a name. My knowledge of Inhumanoids is so so minor. <laughs> you know that... the, the guys in the are in the multi the, the basically the Sentai guys from Inhumanoids because they were like a Sentai team, but no one ever says that. Earth Force, Earth Force, Earth Core. All right, uh, Earth Core. We can work with this. It's either we're either going to work with Earth Core or we're going to just have to work with something involving decompose because those are the two things from Inhumanoids. That everyone remembers, even though I had to look up Earthcore. <laughs> All right, I'll leave that up to the chat. The chat. This isn't a stream. I'll leave that up to the listeners. No. Go to the thread. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm curious where this will all go. This is. This is the fun I was talking about a couple episodes ago. Where now we're getting. We got this. This mysterious trademark, and we don't know what will happen next year. And I just think it's all real exciting. Um. Anything else you guys want to throw down about uh, about Hascon? Any other c- clever convention names you guys could think of? Oh, I got one. Unit C for convention. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a Why warehouse. Why not Unit E for Expo? 
The Unit Expo. <laughs> yes! Yes! Unit Expo! We gotta... Aaron, you gotta mail that one to yourself. I'm already busy mailing a Quest Revol to myself. I, actually, since we have it in audio form with a date that will be the posting date, at least, of it, we would have uh, prior art. All right, you're now in charge of smarty thinking things in this company we're forming. Okay. Uh, jolly uh, Publications. <laughs> I'll come up with another name later. All right, I've spent all my energy with wait, a quest wait, who's, who's our PR guy? I will be. Don't, I'll, what um, I'll, okay. Oh no! I'll be our There's PR not guy. There's racism there. No, once I go and what I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll be like our treasurer and our CEO or something. So I handle all the money and tell people what to do. But then, whenever I'm really tired or I get drunk, I'll also be our PR guy. Okay. And uh, I'll come up with a fresh Twitter account for it. I'll I'll, I'll see if I can forge a new identity for that aspect of our company then if it really gets out of control we could just fire that phantom dude and i'll just stop drinking and stop getting tired okay this is a this is a a a sound and perfect plan um with that said let's move on to our listener question we got one from the helixian uh there was actually uh there was a lot of preamble to this one but i i wanted to boil it down to just the the question for the sake of uh expediency and also because i was just hastily copy and pasting things but uh he's mentioned that that he he himself is from from watching videos on on youtube of transformer stuff from listening to this podcast he's he's interested in just the ways that people express themselves about uh about the stuff that they like so his question is uh as media creators what motivates you to create and keep creating what most excites you when you're recording a podcast or creating a video what are the best and worst things that come out of it. Also, what does the WTF stand for in WTF and TFW? So, uh, the important part of this, because I like to believe the WTF is inside all of us. Uh, Aaron, what does the WTF stand for? In, in... Go back and listen to our first 60-ish episodes. You'll know. Yeah. Uh, TJ, what about you? If, if someone corners you and asks you what the WTF stands for. Uh, God, I'm trying to remember any of the old ones and it's all blanking. That's fine. There's only one that matters. Wonton fruit. That's what it stands for. Anyway, as media creators, etc., etc. Aaron, since you're primarily podcast, unless you've secretly been running a YouTube channel I don't know about. uh, I I do have a YouTube channel that for a while was Lego building. That's right. You, You were at one point one of the players in the game. And then that got really expensive (laughs) and tedious. Of Lego build streaming. Uh, You also had that video up of me licking Blackout, which I checked out the other day. It's still up. Yeah, I can relink it in this uh, episode archive if anybody reminds me. Go for it. in the thread. Um, So for the podcast side of things, um, it helps me kind of keep in touch with the fandom of like what's going on and what's out there. Um, I get the chance to talk with friends at least every other week about this stuff. Um, you know, with, with podcasting, it's kind of different than uh, what I assume you two are going to talk about videos uh, in that it is a little bit more directly social, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of what has kept me going. Uh, it's been a nice uh, uh, sanity reclaimer for, for being out here by myself. Um, and it's something that's kind of become a part of my routine. I, I kind of sit there and think about like, hey, is this a a story for a podcast type of thing? Well, I was going to say, 
you probably you I think you could put together something about at least um I guess from this question the worst things that come out of it when it comes to when you fell into that that stretch of trying to stream Lego building and it it got yeah. to the really nasty point. Yeah, that so so if we want to talk about the worst things to come out of out of media um yeah, so it, it's also, I mean, it was kind of becoming unfun because I would have to sit there and set up a laptop with a, a camera on it and try and get a decent idea of the angle and see so that I could see things. Because it wasn't like, you know, if I was doing a little, you know, 40, 50, 60 piece build, those are easy. You know, they're little polyback things, even like a, you know, 100 to 300 piece build wouldn't be too bad you know that's an hour or two mm -hmm. that's a good thing that you can do in an evening but i was getting into big builds because that's what i was buying at the time and that just became like okay well this is seven hours to build this modular and then i have to figure out a way to do it and set things up and have it pointed at things and i'm trying to do this as a stream and there's three people in the stream but nobody's texted anything or tweeted me, so why am I still doing this? Oh, now I have to stop this stream and restart it because it automatically clocks out at two hours. There's a whole lot of tedium that can come into those things. And I think in that case, at least, I kind of went way big too fast on on things. You know, if I wanted to do that as my thing, I probably should have learned like do smaller deals and then maybe as a weekend thing when i have a whole lot of people that i know are going to be around for something maybe do something bigger yeah because uh, i've done the brick build streaming thing too and i it's like you sort of discover this cap you find out what your mm -hmm. cap comfort is for me it's like if it's well over 200 bricks and it's a normal brick build thing then it's not going to be streamed because eventually everyone will be sick of it and right. i'm not going to be able to take a break because i started streaming it and now right. I got to finish. And yeah, or with, I need sustenance. Well, yeah, with you doing modulars uh, and like I, like I think Ken Noisemaze, you know, he did his uh, one time. Yeah, we did the Helicarrier. Did he stream that too? I, I was talking about I uh, the Sea Cow. I thought I thought he had the. Or maybe maybe I'm thinking the Sea he Cow. He streamed the Sea Cow. It was one of those Mondo things yeah. that he did the whole time, and it was like I came back and I'm like, oh crap, he's still building it, and it looks nothing like the final product. And as a one-off thing, like it's fine. But then like if you just want to like regularly stream building bricks because it's sort of fun, that's the way to kill it is to start mm -hmm. streaming huge things so there's a there's a lesson to be learned about like this this impetus of like i can make something i can make a piece of media out of everything is you eventually hit the point of some things maybe i shouldn't so that i'm happy <laughs> and i still have <laughs> the i still have a hobby <laughs> somewhere the the other lesson that i would say is out there um is don't read the comments yeah, I mean, in general, there are, th you there are things in comments that you can maybe, if 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 you can read something like that completely detached from the fact that they're talking about what you're doing, you may be able to pull things out of it that are positive. But I remember among our first few reviews on iTunes, because we always ask, like, hey, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes. Back and when that mattered. Leave a review <laughs> back when that mattered, because that would make numbers go up someplace. Yeah. Um, and still, hey, you can leave us a review on iTunes and then probably have to tell us about it, because I don't think any of us look at that well, anymore. We, we, but, oh, actually, I'll, I'll go into this <laughs> later. You go ahead. <laughs> but um, there were some people that left some kind, like... 
Not, hey, they need to improve their audio quality, or maybe they could tighten up the show, or something like that. It was like, yeah, this other show's better. These guys are just dumb. These this guy laughs at himself. Suckling scumbags are... You know, Putrid. and then and then followed it up with show name for life, and that show like had no more episodes. Well, the, the other thing when we, the review was put out, and so it's like, okay, well, all right, you can be that show for life, but that show isn't anything else anymore, and it's not like we went and punched them and took their lunch money, and now there's a fight on the playground about it. We also were doing a show. Because we like Transformers, so yeah. Yeah. The other the other main thing is with iTunes reviews. It turned out we this is something we learned over the first couple of years. It turns out that depending on where what region you're in, your review gets put into that region's version of the podcast page. Yes. So we found out years later that there were also Canadian comments on the iTunes. Uh, page on the Canadian version mm-hmm. of the iTunes page. There were UK comments on the UK version of the iTunes page, and we had to like do. Did we have like or one like oddball nation of the ones that shows up on iTunes that was some Eastern European or something? Yeah, we had to do a bunch of like playing around and logging in, like relogging in under different foreign versions of the iTunes store and then eventually yeah, he's like, t- hey, why don't we just stop looking at the iTunes mm-hmm. comments because they're they're too hard to read. Um, But yeah, uh, I the thing I would say about feedback, I think there, that in the case of this podcast and specifically the podcast threads, because the podcast sub forum is such a weird, quiet little niche on the behemoth of TFW's message board, uh, depending mm-hmm. on the atmosphere of where some feedback can be left, there are times where I'd say don't totally read it because there are maybe about 50 people total who yeah, ever show I, up. I guess that's kind of a difference with the forums because the forums has more um, – I don't know how quite to put it. You can't quite be a keyboard warrior. Well, it's, it's not face-to-face, but it's like at least you know – on the forums, something said on the forums, it's much – more likely that it's said with the knowledge of these guys are going to look at this and they could reply to me. Right. Whereas on and iTunes, it's, it's a whole lot more direct. Whereas, yeah, on iTunes, it's like a disgruntled Transformers fan that's had enough is all that you have to put in. It's almost like Amazon reviews of, uh, you know, I can put in whatever and give it a bogus email account and haha, they'll never know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I've, I've, I've always felt personally, uh, weird about the notion of never read the comments, but also because I, I'm I'm fortunate in that I usually, on my YouTube page, for whatever reason, I don't get a lot of scummy comments. I think because I'm still kind of small, so I haven't hit the point of just random scumbags showing up and yelling stuff. I just, I get the random scumbags showing up, but only every couple months. Um, it was once I looked at larger channels, or once I looked at people talking about far more important things than a toy review that I saw the value behind. You probably shouldn't read the comments because it's a mess. And once upon a time, when I said, Oh, you're supposed to grow a thicker skin, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Oh wait, it turns out no matter how, how thick a skin you grow, you still shouldn't stick your face into a bucket of vomit. Cause that, that doesn't, that's still on your skin. It's just on your thicker skin. (laughs) Uh, anyway, uh, that's Aaron's answer. Uh, TJ, uh, how would you answer the gist of this question as someone who's 
Well, you do you do podcast stuff and video stuff. I I would mm -hmm. say I would say would you say you kind of have an equal weight on both sides of that equation? Um, maybe because you're you're on more you're on a a couple podcasts in yeah. a semi regular basis. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do this. I do this one. I got my own little wrestling podcast somewhere else, and you know a few guest spots here and there, but. I, know, I think I lean more toward the video stuff just because that's kind of where my creativity started in the first place. All right, so you'd give a more video-oriented answer. That's uh, probably most most likely. Yeah. Like personally, for me, it's you know I, I'm kind of at that same point where it's like I've got a I've got an audience level I like, but I'm not gigantic. So my comment section, I'm the I'm kind of the same way. Every now and then, I will get. I will get someone who's like, well, uh, either the jock coming in just to make fun of the nerds. I usually, and, I usually liken it to someone walked in and thought it was the washroom and pooped on the floor. <laughs> and then everyone else is like, oh, that guy just pooped on the floor, but he left. Yeah. And so just go it's the kind of thing bag, that used to it bother. Up. It's like, it's the kind of thing that used to bother me reading it. And now it's just like, like I've had a death threat sent to me. I've had people want me to... That's the internet, kids. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, impressively, you've had a death threat, and you're a dude. So that's like a... Yeah. That's already a... I call that a win. <laughs> that's already a more rare equation, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but what what is it like... So what what would you say would be a, a best thing and a worst thing to come out of it? Like, the best thing for me was just finding out that people actually like what I have to say and enjoy what I do. Cause I, I grew up the quiet kid, like throughout my entire years in high school, I was bullied because I didn't fight back. You know, I was the kid who sat closest to the teacher as possible. So no one would bother me. You know, mm. I was, I was that kid. It took me a long time to break out of that shell. Even coming out of high school, I was still kind of in that, you know, I don't really like, being around people, I kind of like to keep to myself because, you know, like I'm the only one comfortable with me. And then just for whatever reason, like I, I wanted to start doing this video stuff. And I thought, so, well, let's have a little, you know, let's just have a little bit of fun and see what happens, you know, and people picked up on it. People actually, they laughed at my jokes. They followed my opinions and just like, I, I had no idea. Like it opened up. Like it felt like the world opening up. Yeah. Because so, all all of a sudden, like I'm I'm not just this solo little bubble guy. Like there are other people who think the way I do. Yeah, you get that sense of connection with other with like minded folks in in the hobby in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I started adding like I started doing live streams on my channel too and that's when I get to talk directly to people in the chat room while I'm playing a game or something and that's been some of the most fun I've had in a long time just because I you know like I get to interact with people answer their questions and it's just there's like personal there's almost a sense of community built up based you know and it's just based on the stuff I did and I have like to this day astonishes me that this these things happen yeah, community in a in a in a regular stream chat is something that I've always taken as being like, well, that's just a, that's a buzzword. But even though I don't do very like streaming very regularly, 
it's there are now folks who often show up for streams uh, when when I do do them, and I'm, I recognize names. And uh, there's a lot of folks I've gotten to know. Um, I, you know I, I talk to now and then outside of streams too, but I I met them as people who were showing up in stream chats, and that's like where I first remember a lot of their names from uh, the most strongly. And it does create this kind of sense of community. It's something you only really get when your stream audience is just, or at least your 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 um the audience who talk in the chat in a stream when they are just big enough that you can sort of interact with everybody, and it's not uh, hit the volume point of being kind of a wall of noise. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like what like just streaming with a chat, like the the positive side of it. It's uh, amazing what mm-hmm. can, you can get out of it um just like that in general just kind of helped me find who i was in a way yeah, it's like it it, it 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 got me out of that shell that i had stuck myself in forever i i, I could totally understand that like like speaking for myself like making video stuff uh and making podcasts is what led me to uh what i want to pursue uh in general as as a trade and whatnot but and but what what I find motivating is like a lot of stuff you guys talked about like that that feeling of making something and then put it out and then it, you get folks who are like minded folks perhaps you even you know that you know already who see it listen to it and say ah that was pretty cool and uh, and you know create conversations enhance the experience of uh, a hobby or something that you're all into and uh, for me per like specifically it's it's when you, you can make people feel better about what they enjoy. Uh, that's the thing I really like. That's sort of the little blow you can strike back against the old timey way that these things were, where it was a lot of people kind of meeting on the internet message boards and, and conventions, but generally otherwise feeling like, yeah, we're kind of weird. We're into a weird thing, and sort of prejudging yourself just for the thing that yeah. that you're you're choosing as your hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different internet, and it's a different um, fandom culture now. But I still think there's an element of that in when you when you create media that's based on a hobby and you put it up and it makes other people you can make other people feel better about how they feel about their own hobby in a way which is a primary motivator for uh like for hobby based media that I like to do uh but as far as podcasts because I don't really do other podcasts all that often aside from this one. Um, like I recently uh, was guesting on the Transmissions podcast, and I've guested on Henshin Justice a bunch of times. And there's a certain something when when you're like, if you this is probably very personal just to me, but like as someone who's always hosting a podcast, I really get excited about that experience of being on a podcast where I I can ditch that feeling of host responsibility in a way. Because uh, there's so, there's something even more like it, it brings out a different sense of that organic conversational feel to me, and it also means I can just be like horrible because I I know that while I'm not editing it, it's not my show. They can fix it later. Um, that's actually a terrible thing, but it is one of my favorite things about being on other podcasts. Is the I feel more free. I feel I feel a lack of risk. Um, and in general, that's why I like podcasting is just conversation, fun stuff that that creates these snippets of people talking about a very niche, weird thing that other people can tune into and hopefully get some of the positive energy out of. Like in a perfect world, I would love it if I could just record and host podcasts but not actually edit them very much. Uh, I'm in the midst of creating that perfect world because I don't do a whole lot of podcast editing anymore. I kind of do more of a podcast hot glue slapping 
sort of spray some Helmers and super glue on it and shove it together into a ball and then say it's done. But uh, yeah, like there's there's a lot that you can get out of out of making media, not just about a hobby, but just in general. Um, but hobby media is to me one of my favorite mediums because it's I think still kind of new because the canvases and mediums are still sort of fresh and avail and more freshly available to the general public. And mm -hmm. I think it's just a wonderful way to to it's a wonderful expression of a passion for a hobby. Um, if you're up for 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 putting yourself out there in that way, it's a, it's a wonderful way to to make new connections, make new friends, make new memories, and uh, and help other people feel hopefully as good about a hobby as you do. So that's an answer to that question for sure. Uh, those of you listening, if you want to go in the thread and give us your own answers for what WTF stands for, or if you're one of those like historian people, you actually who actually remembers all of our definitions for WTF, I could do with a list of those because I never wrote it. I never wrote it down. So if anyone out there knows, feel free to share it in the thread. Some of your earliest improv because you wouldn't think about it until you're until you were halfway through saying WTF at TFW. Yeah, it was around when I said the F. The, the second F that I would start thinking, oh, right, what do those words mean? What was another one? Like wacky tomato frogs? Yes. That's tomato, like, I think, was very frequent. That's like, yeah, yeah it's like one of my go to T words because <laughs> it's got lots of syllables, so it gives me more time to think. Yeah. It, for me, it was always like, okay, gotta think of something clever and funny. Oh, oh, don't swear. Don't swear. Please don't swear. <laughs> Whole time fun. <laughs> uh,. Thank you for the listener question, the Helixian. Um, do you guys need to uh, do any kind of break, or are you guys feeling ready to yes. just die? You need uh, to take yeah, a little would, break. Yeah, yeah. He, we need to take a little break, everyone. So we're going to take an intermission break, and then we'll be back uh, right after this with some what we got this week's. See you in a bit. back with what we got this week and we what got we some stuff did we do uh let's talk about transformers we got aaron yeah did you get any transformers this week i got me a chop shop i like you mean the combiner wars one right? yes the combiner okay. wars chop shop. i like both chop shops actually well all three of them i like the little one that megatron has as a weapon as well but yeah, like the, the original Delu Insecticon Deluxe one. That's a cool toy. Is I don't know. I can't I can't remember any experiences I've had with that toy. I had a broken one ever since I was a kid. I got a broken <laughs> one real cheap at a, at a flea market. I, I was going to yep. say, did it did it like come broken or did you make it broken? Uh, it was a it was like a cheap broken one from a flea market. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I had one. I had one as a kid, exact same way. Yeah, he's he's just a cool. He's cool colors. He's a cool toy. Anyway, Aaron. Yeah, that Combiner Wars one I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I've I have enjoyed him as a desk toy sitting here and messing with it because it's just the right amount of complexity. Mm-hmm. So that it's not just like oh you just fold it over and it's done. Whatever, it's dumb. But not so much that like I'll be sitting here watching a show or reading a article or something and just have a thing to do with my hands. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's the same thing as the, so what's the differences between him and bombshell? Just the different head or shrapnel sculpt or shrapnel. Yeah. Just a different head. It's, sculpt? it's just a different robot mode head sculpt. But until I held the toys next to each other, I spent a good while convinced the chop shop had new stag beetle pincers as well because yeah, the paint I, on them I was, is, I was kind of thinking about that too, but yeah, this is yeah, some, some optical illusion that that toy did to me. It's the profile of the head with the sag behind it makes you like extend it or something. But yeah. I don't know. Like, man, really, I like the Legends price point for something that's inexpensive. That's just a nice little like this is going to sit on my desk and do a whole lot because like Combiner Wars limbs just kind of get stuck into a mode mm-hmm. because for a non-thinking fiddle, it's a little bit too much. There are things you got to get lined up that or it's like. I've got Skyrain standing there. I'd kind of like to mess with Hound, but he's a leg right now, which means in order to mess with Hound, I gotta mess with like eight other things in order to get to him. All right, I got a tip so for you. I'll fiddle with this one. The ones that you know you're gonna want to mess with, make them the arms, because it's dead easy to just pull an arm off a combiner. Yeah, but he does. He doesn't look great as an arm. No, he, he be, make you gotta just beefcake your Skyrain a little bit and put him into puncher no. mode. No. Oh. No. I like I like the wheeljack uh trail cutter breaker maker faker what's what's his name this week? Trail 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 breaker. Trail breaker. Trail tra- trail breaker. I actually had to think yeah. about that for a sec for what the combiner yeah. one was called. But yeah, trail yeah. breaker. Yeah. I I like those two as arms because it's like black and white. Turbo Burker. Like light and darkness. So I, I have a trail breaker and hound as the arms because they're the two big boxy guys. So it's like, I call that, like, that Skyrain puncher mode. And then I never change it because I really like the Trailbreaker combiner hand. So I'm like, yeah. that's, no, it's... I do too, that's that's why, that's why, the why Trailbreaker's an arm. The official configuration with Trailbreaker as a leg is the saddest thing in the world. Yeah. I'm like, hey, we put all this, we finally put paint on one of these things. Isn't it cool? Why don't you go ahead and hide that? Yeah. Well, hide the specific new part on the hand foot gun that we <laughs> painted and molded. Got a brand new hand, brand new fingers, looks completely new. Just tuck all that away and stuff it on the bottom. It's also a brand new sole of a foot. Trust me. Uh, well, I'm glad that you're digging Chop Shop. I think Chop Shop is one of my secret favorite uh, guys of Combiner Wars Legends. Like, amongst all the new toys, like, Chop Shop really brings it as a new head retool. Like, I'm sad that that, because that new head's really cool, but it's so tiny that mm-hmm. it's hard to actually see all the detail unless you take a picture with a big camera. Um... And I, I wish it was. I wish there was like a, a blown up version of it. Its size, not exploded. That would be sad. Uh, yeah. Anything outside of Chop Shop? Um, I've got a masterpiece Ironhide sitting in a box in Indiana. Yeah. So maybe the next show or the show after that, depending on timing of when we record and when I go home. I can believe in it. I could talk about Ironhide for hours, so I'm I'm all psyched for whenever we do that. I know. I know. You came up with the concept of hand feel. He's the guy who who made me realize what hand feel was. 
So he's he's very close to my heart. Um, TJ, I know that we probably have two toys we could talk about together. Yeah, because I told you. Yes, I heard on the grapevine that we have two toys we could talk about. Yes, the grapevine of I directly told you. Rumor has it in the podcast Grapevine that we might both be able to talk about some warrior class Decepticons. Yeah, I think we can. Because you have them and I have them, so we probably (laughs) could. Except we have different versions, don't we? Yes, you have the Takara release. I have the Hasbro release. Yeah, uh, I have the Takara releases because this is where it finally broke. It was easier for me to get these and basically borderline cheaper for me to get these Mm -hmm. compared to hunting for and then buying them at retail at a Toys R Us or something in Canada. So Adventures has, has, like, I have now crossed the Rubicon on Adventures. I'm just, like, if I see Bisque before I get the Japanese one, yeah, I'll pick him up. But I'm just going to assume I'll get the Adventures one. Um, So who do you want to talk about first? Um, well, gee, I've, hmm, because I know which one, I, I think I know which one you like better, but at the same time, there's one that we, you've been building up for so long. Yeah, let's talk Thunderhoof already. Let's get All this, because right. I, I, like, yes, I think Quillfire ended up being a bit better, but I feel like I gotta say that I still, like, Thunderhoof is still a friggin' good toy. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually really surprised by Thunderhoof. Yeah, I, uh. I wish I'd opened him first because I actually saved him. I thought Quillfire was going to be the weak link. And so I, I kind of I, I had to take a day and then come back to Thunderhoof. And, you know, that that completed things. But, uh, yeah, like this guy, he transforms so much. I know. Like, <laughs> like you look at him and it's just like, OK, the legs kind of fold down from the back. The arms pull out. The head spins around. You're done. Yeah, it turns out that, OK, the, the simple part is, oh, his head, like, because we say this, right? His head is completely exposed if you look at him from the underside of his vehicle mode. Like, his head's mm-hmm. just sticking out. Yeah. But, okay, so his head and his chest, they, they they fold up above the torso block. So you think, oh, so the arms will fold under that and the legs will form the back. No, somehow it goes backwards. Mm-hmm. And the legs form the front under the chest while the arms form the back under the, the hips? It's not even, like, under the hip. It's the very back rear of the vehicle yeah and and his vehicle mode is he shrinks a lot he's incredibly compact yeah um he's he he feels to me like a toy made by someone who was like this is a positive expression of please god let me make a voyager toy for this line already (laughs) because thunderhoof feels like a deluxe because where thunderhoof suffers is he's he's ambitious to the point of of suffering for it. Uh, he's he's very hollow in the back, and his legs are a little bit wonky joint wise. Where I wish they'd locked together in a few ways a bit more, because he's just pushing so hard to do so much in a sub deluxe price point, and it's insane how much he transforms. And then you go back and look at a toy like Steeljaw. Oh God! <laughs> and it's like, where did this line go? Yeah. It's almost like uh, we went for so long with just one Decepticon in the Warrior Class toy line. It's like, I, I feel like everyone since has been some sort of apology for Steeljaw. Well, did notice that it was just Steeljaw and the Autobots 
right? We're slowly kind of getting better. Kind like like you know, I felt like Bumblebee was pretty good, but Jazz was a bit better than Bumblebee. Drift was a bit better than Jazz and Bumblebee together. It's like this very small creep amongst the toys just, that just turn into into cars. Just just ignore sideswipe in there, and yes, you're correct. Yeah, I. I, I gotta try something on him now that I got Bondic. But yes, we'll just ignore Sideswipe. Uh, suddenly, Fracture and Megatronus show up, and they're suddenly like this massive step forward for the whole line. Uh, Quillfire, more so, but, but Quillfire and Thunderhoof are the next step forward from that. Um, Thunderhoof being kind of like a Megatronus plus, and Quillfire being like a Fracture plus to me. Uh but yeah, like like man. Um, also, on the American version, how does it? How how, do, how does the the construction feel? Um, construction feels all right. Okay. Like yeah, like you know, like I I can wiggle them around by the waist. Nothing moves, even though it's all on ball joints and everything. So, nope. He does have a good solid feel to him. Um, I will say the the in the rear section, does yours have a hard time holding together in vehicle mode? Um, no, actually, I got a. Are good. No, no, I just got, like, there's a couple pegs back there where his arms form up, where they, they, don't, they don't quite want to stay together. So on the Japanese version, it's actually kind of scary the first time pushing it all together because it's ridiculously tight. Because oh, um, this is something I noticed on some of the other, because I, I have a lot, actually, is, is an embarrassing number of, I have the Warrior version and the Adventures version. And the, you, the Oh, no, you did that. Well, the Adventures thing happened after I'd already gotten Warrior toys. <laughs> but, like... There's a surprise, like, because I'm always hesitant to say this because I grew up through a fandom where this was like a comical, dumb thing to go through. But the Adventures versions often I found were just slightly nicer in their tolerances all around when it came to like tab locking things. Because, mm. um, yeah, the back of, of Adventures Thunderhoof is, is rock solid on mine. Um, the only bummer about his vehicle mode really is that it's like there's paint everywhere on him because it's the Adventures version, but the windshields are all just the blue plastic. Yeah, on the U.S. release, just the sides of those are all, uh, it's all just black. Because it's all that unpainted, all, all that unpaintable plastic in there that they just, on the U.S. releases decided, well, we're just not going to do anything about it. So, so it, on, on the Japanese one, they didn't use any black plastic, they used blue instead. So in the vehicle mode, it sticks out so bad. <laughs> uh, like his windshield, it's just bright blue. Um, and I, I think some people actually prefer that, but I super don't. Yeah. Um, I'm looking up, I'm looking up a quick comparison shot here just so I can see what I'm yeah, there, comparing them to. There's a comparison out there. I've, I almost was like, I should go out and get the, the warrior version as well. So I can compare them in the someday video I make. I have been talking myself out of that since, <laughs> since that entered my head. Um, I also want to say the, the head transformation again, his head's just sitting there in vehicle mode. You won't notice it, and his antlers transform in, like, multiple steps, and it's glorious. Yeah. That's, a, that's another thing I completely forgot about. Oh, the antlers move. Oh, oh, it's it's not just like, oh, you reposition the back. No, you form the back of his head. That's different. Yeah, and then they curve up a little bit, too. Yeah. That that little extra touch just to get him out of the way of the shoulders. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And, um, like I've said, he's got a very hollow back. But, and this is by no means a fix, storing his gun back there in that peg hole kind of helps. Like, it's it's just, a, it's just a flat stick you're sticking in there, but it fills out that space in a sort of spinal way that at least, like, there's something occupying the airspace back there. Yeah. Also, his gun's ridiculous. It's like a chainsaw flamethrower. It's, it's really silly. <laughs> um, 
There's part of me that kind of appreciates just how clean he comes out too. Yeah, like the, I, I think the only problem I have with him is the you know when you fold his feet down. Um, I wish there was a like a click when they hit their final point. Yeah, I'm looking for some kind of tab in there or something, and there is like a little friction feel. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's that solid. After the way that his shoulders like just friggin' click into his into his torso. I was hoping for a similar thing on the legs. Yeah. Um, and that's that's probably the weakest part of him is is from the waist down. He's just a little he's a, he, he hits a little bit of that chintzy feel um, from the waist up. He's just gorgeous and waist down. He's fine. But that where he gets weak is from the waist down, I think. Uh, oh, also mushroom peg waist swivel on a, on a on, and, and I might be misremembering. A lot of the warrior toys just don't bend at the waist. And suddenly this guy has a mushroom peg waist swivel. It's part of the transformation, but only barely. Yeah. Like well, now, now you got me you got me looking. Like I can I can see my warrior class toys from here. Yeah, yeah, no one They don't like to rotate at the waist from what I'm looking at here. So it's not just Thunderhoof, Quillfire as well. The two of them have got a, a huge they both have huge mushroom peg waist swivels. And those were, like, they're for the transformation, but they didn't really need to be there. The legs could have just curled up on themselves some more. So it just felt, it felt like, it feels like a transformation step for the sake of adding a waist. Because the guys who've been working on the warrior toys are just like, we're just going to keep pushing. We're going to keep pushing what we can fit into this price point. Uh, and it's wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, Thunderhoof is real. He exists. He's what I wanted. But it turns out he's not the best. And I was really surprised by that. I don't know, at least in my opinion. Like, what do you think, TJ? Like, did you end up liking him more than Quillfire? Um, honestly, I think so. I can see that. I, I think I think part of it is just I find his transformation more interesting. Oh, yeah. And, okay, uh, I get more, I get more, uh, part of it, I will admit, is the novelty of it's a tractor. Yeah, but, that too. Like, okay, it, it's, uh, a, it's a unique alt mode. Yeah. So there's that element going for it, but I, I think more of it is just in like I just find it interesting how it's just this big boxy thing that could have been so easy to do, and then they went this extra mile for it. Yeah, and I really appreciate that because it makes him way more interesting than he had to be. And it, it makes me excited, like more excited now for Bisk because like Bisk at a glance is really crazy weird. And I feel like, man, like I wonder if there's anything hidden in that transformation still that's gonna that's gonna wow me beyond what I'm already seeing. Um, let's let's go on to Quillfire, who ended up being my favorite of the two, uh, mostly for his robot mode, and and a big part of it was that that waist swivel, like the thing I just talked about. Quillfire is a stumpy, stocky character. He's the kind of guy who I just took, I, I assumed would be very limited in posability because of the shape of his body. And I think why I fell in love with this toy more is it, there are two specific joints that they stuffed in there that toy, like characters of this stature generally don't have those joints in a mass retail toy. Um, oh. What is that? The, uh, the neck? It's the neck and the waist. So like the waist, I saw this in the package. Just this giant mushroom peg waist. And I'm like... Okay, I'm like, you, you really? 
and I thought it, I thought it was a joke. Like I thought it was an illusion of some kind. I was missing something. <laughs> and so like it wasn't until like I had him fully transformed. I'm just messing with him. Like oh my god, he has a waist joint because on a stocky character like this, a waist joint d does so much. Like he his shape changes so much when you swivel his waist. But then yeah, there's a there's a neck joint in here. It's not like hugely poseable. It's got a range of I would say about 25 degrees tops. But like there's a ball socket connection, not just for his head, because he's a hunchback character. The whole pod that his head is attached to can swivel left and right. And like that was not necessary. Oh no. But it adds so much. Like that little tiny bit of looking to one side, twisting the waist, then opening his mouth, which also opens. And I'm like, what did Quillfire do to get all this? <laughs> and then like one of his quills comes out as a weapon so he can yeah. he can have his show weapon and not just the crazy funny looking needler pistol they made up for him uh for the toy like i, I really like this quill fire toy um it, it helps i also like the character a lot he's funny like he's he's a dope but he's a fun kind of dope <laughs> um like like you're saying the transformation is not really all that special uh but it's very solid uh, the end, at least on the adventures version, the end result is very solid because of how that rear section tabs together when you you know when you move the top surface down, um, right? And uh, it, I just, it was a very pleasing toy, and also so he's he looks smaller than Thunderhoof in robot mode, but then his vehicle mode looks twice as big as Thunderhoof's. So like as a duo, these two toys are also just kind of fantastic. They they play off each other really well. They are so different. Um. And also, like, elbow joint, bicep swivel, uh, full range on the shoulders thanks to, like, again, like, there's a ball socket connection for the whole shoulder thing, but that's really just for the outward motion, and there's a dedicated swivel attached to the wheel axle for, like, forward motion. He's got thigh swivels as well, and then, like, a really tight knee curl and ball socket hips. His ankle uh, tilt from the transformation is really functional for walking poses. Like, this is a stumpy character who got a functional toy, and it it now makes me, like, so hungry for the toys we're never going to get of all the other really weird, kind of stumpier character body shapes from Rid. Um, so that's my Quillfire soliloquy. TJ, did, I mean, <laughs> do you actually just hate this toy? Are you, are you just being polite here? Oh, no, it's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> yeah. No. Ugh. Brown. <laughs> no, this, this, this little guy is... Very, very cool. And like you said, stocky characters like this, he's very gorilla proportion, big arms, big body, big, you know, short little stumpy legs. I don't expect them to have such a wide range of articulation. And like you said, he's got articulation he absolutely, you know, otherwise would not get. Like, you know, he's got he's got a neck rotation, which is just it's slight. But it it elements him so well. I was like, convinced it was a transformation joint until I transformed him. Yeah. I was like, oh, this part's loose. I must I'm supposed to lock in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that. It's the fact that you've got like one of his quills that can come out to act as an accessory weapon. The uh, the only flaw I can find in him is like I wish it plugged into his little needler gun. Yeah, but that that's it. That would have been, that would have been a, a great minor, touch. Minor. I love, like, even though, he, you know, even though it's a made-up weapon, I love that his hands are molded so that when it's in his hand, it looks like he's holding the trigger. And it's oh, just it, a perfect molding. It took me a little while, because I put it in his hand the wrong way, so it was tilted inwards. And I was like, why can't I swivel it out past his, his trigger finger? 
and then I you know I put it in the other way, and it's yeah, it's it's like designed specifically to rest on the back of his index knuckle. And I'm also just noticing now that his symbol is carved into the magazine of the gun, and that's like that's magical. You know that that like symbol on over his head. Yeah, it's carved in the gun. <laughs> Man, the revolution. I'm a believer. I am a believer. Down with the tyrants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he is an excellent. He is an excellent little toy, and he pulls off the character ex- exceedingly well. Yeah, this this is a toy. If ever, if there is a single toy that is a backhand to the Wave One Steel Jaw, it's this guy. Partly because how many people, briefly at least, thought Quillfire would just be a remold of Steeljaw? Like, I'll raise my hand for a second. Because they, they looked just similar enough that I was like, I wonder if they're just going to retool Steeljaw and this will be a total junk toy. Totally isn't. Now they have to make a new Steeljaw. <laughs> what, what, what if Quillfire ends up getting remolded into a functioning Steeljaw? Like, man... There's a lot of, I'm going to say right up front, there's a lot of Decepticons who also deserve toys, but I feel like a great closer to the Warrior line would be to end it with a Steeljaw version 2. Yeah. Like, full circle. Yeah, that's the sad part about looking at your, you know, now that you actually have enough to have the pack together. Mm-hmm. You know. Except for Clampdown. No, well, I'm not letting that go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... He's. We got a crew. You can build up. You can start building up that crew. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really unfortunate that the leader toy ends up being the weakest, and not not just like, you know, like arguably the weakest by far, which I, is really unfortunate. I know people disagree with this, but personally, that he is the weakest rid toy of the entire line to me. And I've watched through season two now. I won't drop any spoilers, but there's more Steeljaw in season two. Because, you know, he's been touted as the main bad guy since the start of the show. So they put more Steeljaw in season two. Every time he's on screen, I'm like, man, Troy Baker's owning this role. Man, Steeljaw's fun. Man, Steeljaw's toys all suck. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that If there's one if there's one character that I would... If, if, if war, the warrior line's over, as far as, you know, what we've seen, if that's it, we gotta have a third-party Steeljaw. He deserves it. Voyager size. Just... It just it just that one, and I'll be satisfied. Will never happen, but I would no, be so happy. It won't. But like, what what would even the audience be for unofficial high end rid twenty fifteen Decepticons? <laughs> like you, me, uh, like the four other people on Twitter who care when I start yelling about Warrior Clampdown and Springload. <laughs> uh, hey, if they make me a Filch, I'm on board. Like, like I want Filch and Chop Shop and uh, the new season two guys and uh, and and tons of other characters kick back, but like if I'm gonna be a, if I'm gonna be heartless and prioritize, we need we need Clampdown to finish the pack and we need Springload to go with Quillfire because as of the best episode of season one, they're a duo in my mind. That episode is called Two Idiots Steal a Tank." That's the unofficial name, but it's the better name. <laughs> Now I got to look at some of the some of the shots of him in the show as we were talking. Uh, as far as I can tell, I would almost call like the Hasbro and Takara releases like equally accurate. Mm-hmm. Like there's some weird deco choices between the two, where it's like you could have done it this way and it would have been better, and it would have cost it. Oh, okay, whatever. It's a weird balance between the two. Like I think you'd be good on either one because mine mine's really solid. Oh yeah, like I, I looked at the Hasbro one, and I think that you're not losing out. If you get the Hasbro one would be the way I'd put it. Yeah. Whereas with Thunderhoof, 
he has so much he has these paint apps that pick out parts of his his helmet that add a ton uh like if you're going to import one thunderhoof would probably be worth importing also if it's cheaper for you to import then import both of them <laughs> if you're in a situation like that and which, which happens sometimes yeah but yeah definitely the hasbro quill fire like i've mistaken him for the takara one in some photos on twitter before um because they they both are just super solid um but yeah man man i'm hyped for scorponok and bisque now and I'm like quietly hoping that we get photos of Adventures Windblade sooner than later, so I can get hyped for that toy too. Um, I think it's crazy how many people are going to be experiencing these Warrior toys like a year or three from now when they go back and start picking them up once the show's over. Just given the number of people that I know are just ignoring the line right now, right? Um, Fracture pulled a bunch of people in, as did Megatronus, but. It's it's such a, a weird like it, as, far, as far as the older fandom and I guess more so as far as the older fandom in the circles that I follow, uh, the interest in in warrior toys is so low that like I, I always feel like I'm discovering hidden gems when I when I get a new Decepticon ever since Fracture and Megatronus. Yeah, because it's so easy to dismiss the line. Yeah, well, it's it's for you know it's a it's a little kids cartoon now. They're just, you know they're bright and they don't have much paint and all this that the you know. You're right. Like, okay, there's a few, there's a few stumbles here and there. Okay, yeah, we don't, we don't talk, we don't talk about them. We don't talk but, about Wave One Steeljaw except to make fun of it. Yeah, no Steeljaw, no Sideswipe. We ignore that they ever happen. I'm gonna fix but, Sideswipe. I have a plan. You, you have a plan. I, I like I, this. I have a plan. I just have to dig them out and do it. But I, I think I might be able to make those tabs work. Okay, make the tabs work, and then make his alt mode one color. Well, that's. That's where I make the tabs work, and I go, okay, this works. Now I'm going to go buy the Japanese version, whose alt mode is one color. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one shade of red. Okay, I get it. But yeah, ever since you get to, like, Megatronus and everything after that, you got a lot of solid toys lined up. Yeah, like, like this, this line just, like, it's not that it took a step forward. It friggin' leaped forward. Oh, yeah. Megatronus is still awkward, but he's, like, a hundred times more solid feeling than a lot of the the autobots were mm -hmm. like thunderhoof for me like the U the u.s version comparing the two has like very sparse paint apps mm -hmm. not like not a shock you know but even the like, plastic placement it does not look nearly as good as the takara one like that i can admit to uh if i had the takara version i mean i'm i'd probably call it like a like a generations level release just because that transformation is so involved, it almost does not feel like it belongs in the R.I.D. line. It's a transformation where you might need the instructions. Like, I <gasps> I almost needed them. And I've, I have not needed instructions on Rid Toys before. Like, Fracture was a push, but it's alright. Thunderhoof is so unconventional uh, that, that he... Border, he's, he comes very close to needing instructions. Quillfire, I actually looked at his instructions after a while because so much there was so much stuff on him I discovered. I was like, is there more to this guy that I don't know about? Yeah, that one. That's the one where I kind of took a second look at the instructions just in case. Yeah, I'm like, does his neck actually swivel or is this for some like other mode that I don't know about? Like, what what's going on? Um, yeah, don't pay, don't pay, don't overpay for the domestic versions. Like, if you're gonna pay twenty bucks. For a Rid Warrior toy, don't put that yeah. money towards an Adventures version. Um, but yeah, they, they're really worth checking out. 
uh, and I'm happy to be able to talk about them on here, on this soapbox that we have. Uh, TJ, outside of Quillfire and Thunderhoof, was there anything else Transformers-wise on your plate this oh, week? Oh, my plate of Transformers came from all over the world. All right, let's talk about Indonesian Transformers. Sweet. Uh, no, not Indonesia. Oh, okay. No. No, but from Japan, I have an MP Shockwave. Hey! The big question about him you can't answer, which is how does he feel compared to Quake Wave? <laughs> <laughs> nope, can't say that. Oh, well. There's, there are threads about that already. Oh, uh, I am sure. How do you feel about... Oh, actually, I have a quick question. Did he come with batteries, or was he a, a thing where you had to go out and buy the watch batteries for him? Uh, He was battery-less. Okay. Thankfully, like, about a year ago, I went on a tirade. Of, like, I have to take every battery out so nothing gets damaged inside my toys. Oh, so, so you, you I just, just got to... Okay, I got a pile of watch batteries. Like, I never have to shop for those again. Because you have Gaia memories. God, don't... I still haven't taken the batteries out of the Gaia memories because they all still work. Oh, yeah, I have, I have two... I got complete selection one and two of the Dopont memories. Mm -hmm. I don't want to pull the batteries. That's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're looking at you're talking you to the, decide that you want to listen to them again and you have to go back and start over. Oh, right? God. Right? Oh That's my god. It's like I want to hear the Imagine ones again. Oh god, I gotta put it I gotta spend an hour putting all the batteries back in. And then I've got like I've got like the candy toy ones where if to, if I want to take them out, if I want to like switch batteries, I gotta I I gotta like rip through the sticker. Just get a nice, really, really sharp exacto and put like an invisible cut along the sticker. That's what uh -huh. I'd probably do. Yeah. Um, so, Shockwave. Uh, do you d does he feel up to par? He's the first Decepticon post Hasui that wasn't a redeco or a retool. Um, are you feeling it with him? Uh, Shockwave is magnificent. All right. Like exceptionally. It, okay. This is kind of like in the in the uh, the Star Saber realm where having a very fictional alternate mode definitely helps. Yeah. So, you know, they don't have to stick to a licensed car, you know, and you know, even in the original G1, like as far as like the toy, the toy to cartoon ratio goes here, Shockwave looks pretty much spot on to what it looks, looks like in the cartoon. So, like, there's already a head start in making this guy look great. All right. So, yeah, uh, it, I mean, he looked it looks like they they nailed a lot of the the visuals on him. How does he how does he feel like does he have does he feel like Ironhide strong? Mm hmm. See, I'm not sure about Ironhide strong. Like, th there's a, there are a couple things about, like, just, like, the way his legs transform in order to, like, thin up in order to form, like, the gun handle. Mm -hmm. Like, he does have one of those, like, the leg, you know, like, the legs be are, like, a shell and kind of hollow. Okay. But it's kind of necessary on him. Like, I completely see where that's coming from. But he also has this weird transformation where, like, the inside of both of the legs becomes, like, the back end of the gun. Man, okay. I knew, a, I knew about the crazy backpack, but I, I didn't know about that part. Yeah, so that, like, when we were just looking at stock photos, and I'm like, I don't know where the back end of that gun goes. It goes into his legs. All right. <laughs> it's a it's yeah, it's that it's that point on him that I look for in masterpiece toys where it's like, okay, that's where the magic is. That's the bit of engineering I could never get at retail. So he has a moment, if you will. Yeah, he has a moment. Okay. 
I'm just looking yeah. up who designed him. That's another Kobayashi piece. So it seems like Kobayashi really is like the guy now for Masterpiece. But besides the legs, pretty much everything transforms the way the G1 does. Well, well, you know, aside from like he's got this big long, you know, diecast stem to put his barrel onto his back. Yeah, the crazy backpack transformation. Yeah, um, that's that's really good to hear. Um, like I, I, I don't expect an iron hide every time, as far as mm-hmm. hand feel goes. But as long as it feels like there's a magic moment happening, like that's that's very important to me with these guys. No. The parts I like about him, there's two parts in particular that really get me. Uh, number one are the light-up stuff, because I, I know, like, the the light-up element you want is the eye. Mm-hmm. But I do really appreciate that the barrel lights up. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that replicates the function of his original toy. That's cool. Like, it doesn't, you don't have, like, sound effects or anything. But uh you do you do get the trigger that actually works and it does actually light up the barrel and it's like a, it's got a switch for like a two mode one where it just you you click it and it lights up and then another mode where you click it and it kind of pulses for a while yeah so it's kind of has like an automatic mode i guess well i'm i'm convinced by mid next year there will be at least one unofficial solution to install like a light kit in his head Oh, I have no doubt. Given that Quake Wave already did it on a smaller head, I don't think it's unfeasible that that'll oh. happen. Oh, not at all. And I will be all up for that, because that's, at a glance, like, as someone who doesn't own the toy yet, that's my only qualm with this toy going in. Like, I can deal with all the, I can deal with the kind of weird shade of purple, I can deal with, with a lot of things, it's just like, holy crap, you have two, when I saw there were two sets of electronics on him, but neither was the eye. I was like, oh, this, yeah. you're, you're, you're sticking it right in the fingernail for me here, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, the other, yeah, the other one being the, uh, the, the gun barrel on his arm lights up. Yeah. So again, it's, it's neat. I like that they kept that functionality. You know, the eye would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's one, there's one other thing. Like the, the weird part for me was, uh, like, the hand, the swappable hands, which again, it's I kind of like this realm we're getting into of like, like like a high end figure that has like swappable parts on these masterpiece toys. It's like, do you want the toy or the tune look in a way? Yeah, that's what you have. Is that he has parts for both tune look and toy look, and a, a few alternate poses. So like he can do his salute and all that. Yeah, but you know, it, it's not to the figure art level where we're just gonna throw in the other hands. Because, like, part of me wanted to see what that, like, a translucent fist would have been on the light-up side. He doesn't yeah. have one. Aww. Yeah, so a, l- a little bit of bummer. But the other thing that got me about the toy, and, uh, oh, God. <laughs> if I can actually remember it offhand, because we got off on the whole light thing. Hang on, I'm going to grab him. He's going to grab him. He's got, I got him. He's got him. I got him. He's got him. No, my favorite part is the hose. I was that was what where I was gonna go if you're out of things is I wanted to know what that hose feels like because I know. So to me, it looks weird, but a lot of people who have the toy say it feels great. It, oh, it really does. Okay. All right. So if no one's ever looked into it, the hose instead of being like a plastic or rubber piece this time, it's a like a super like a super dense coil, mm-hmm. like just like a big long spring, except the loops are so tight-knit together that when it bends you can't tell it's like a stacked like a or a, a still slinky 
I've heard it described. S- something okay. like that, yeah. And then you got a string running through it, so you can't like stretch it out or anything. And it gives it kind of a spine, so it doesn't just like hang off of him. There's it actually like holds to a loop. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, it's such a brilliant way of fixing it. Like, cause it's not gonna it's not gonna deteriorate on you. Like that's that that's gonna be there for as long as the toy is able to stand up on its own. And it in person looks so solid. Like. Aside from just the fact that that uh, the spiral effect kind of looks the way that uh, like more detailed shockwave art look artwork looks like with a segmented hose, mm-hmm. uh, it looks completely solid. Like the loops are so dense and so close to each other, you really can't tell that it's a spring in any kind of posing. Damn! Like it's such a clever solution. Yeah, it's 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 the weirdest idea i have ever seen as a a way to not do a hose but still have visually the hose there Mm -hmm. Uh, and i i would love to see that uh implemented on like shockwave really is like the g1 character with a wire sticking out of him yeah but for anyone like in a future series or something or or or, you know going back to movie design someone with like coily stuff hanging off of him i'd love to see that used as the way to deliver that visual yeah Especially like that, a, a lot of movie designs. I would love to see that kind of thing done for, like, you know, the weird, like, movie dangly bits. Yeah, that's something that could have been done for, like, the Human Alliance line. Yeah, well, that would look cool. Because there's definitely some size constraint here. I don't know how well you could make that, because the, the, the only way that spring is as lucid as it is is because of how long it is. Imagine the dreads from Dark of the Moon, where their crazy, like, giant cybernetic dreadlocks are all done like that. <laughs> oh, my God meticulously put in like 20 springs on each head oh, i would so love that <laughs> i really like the dreads <laughs> but no like it's definitely a trick i would love to see done in future releases for anyone else who has that kind of cable thing going on yeah that's really cool so it sounds like generally he's he's a satisfying piece oh he very much is all right because he's uh He's not like the priciest masterpiece ever, but it seems like his electronics and probably that coiled metal uh, bumped him up a little bit more than I had expected. A little bit, maybe, yeah. I think the fact just that he feels so good in like the gun mode, like because mm-hmm. you know, it it is, it's a lot more role play than your typical masterpiece toy. So it it's it's a variety to the line I like. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to picking him up at some point. Like, I say that as someone who has happily owned a Quake Wave for years. Um, having seen the side-by-side pictures, there is so much different between the two of them. Like, it's it's it, it to me, it's like, it's not even like a, you know, choose your side in this battle. Like, they, they look so different. Like, this, this masterpiece, uh, Shockwave, is so weird and lanky and alien, like in the cartoon model. Um, that That is just not present on any of the unofficial shockwaves I've seen. So that and many other things like there's, I'm, I'm looking forward to this whenever I do pick it up. Uh, anything, is there anything that you felt, is there anything that you felt like sticks out in him as like something to watch out for? Um, I don't know if to watch out for, because everything on him does feel like really good. Articulations, articulations good. You know how the handle, the hips works out fairly well. Yeah. Um, mine actually fell on the floor so you can and, survive falling on the floor excellent yeah yeah well 
I've got a tile floor, so it's like proper drop test. Yeah, just let right. him have it. He's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see like like aside from maybe like uh, like don't expect like the huge range of hands just because he has some swappable hands. Other than that, like yeah, he's everything I would have wanted out of a full size shockwave. Excellent. Well, um, that's what is it? That's two nationalities we've done now. Do you have There's any more? Um, yes, I do actually. All right, bring it on. Mm -hmm. So I get an email from a fan, and this go back to the listener question of, you know, some of the favorite things about this is like, yes, it's shown me that there's a very small group of people who can be exceedingly cruel over a guy talking about toys. You got sent a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil it. Okay, That's for sorry. off topic. Sorry, sorry. No, but the flip side is you follow, you find people who are also incredibly cool and will do some cool things for you. So I get an e I get a message from a fan saying uh, that a local toy store where he is is having a rough time and has just got in a bunch of like late G one stuff and he was interested. He wanted to know if I wanted first crack at anything because they're just looking for anyone who will take it off their hands. Uh, Said fan was in the UK, which meant all of this was Euro G1, never came to the US stuff. Oh, nice. So I finally added some strictly European Transformers to my collection. You met my childhood. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Depends on which ones uh, I got that connect to yours. I A lot of the European stuff connects to my childhood. I, I went to Germany a lot when I was going like in grade school. Or an elementary school, I should say. Alright, so, okay, then let's try this out. I grabbed the Turbo Masters Scorch, Flash, and Boss. Uh, I have a couple of them. I gotta go and... I always forget who's who, so I'm gonna go look at a picture of them. Uh, Scorch is the big yellow truck? Scorch was... That is a huge part of my childhood. Um, I distinctly recall some part of his transformation that I really liked where things kind of sealed together. I think when you, like, fold his legs over or something. Uh, oh, and the hood folding down. Yeah, the hood falling down. The thing about me is, like, his arms are on these, like, big, long stems that fully rotate around to come up to his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So he's got this weird little, like, modern-style st transformation amidst all this very G1 stuff. He comes across, like, a kind of simplified-slash-updated trailbreaker in design. Yeah! Because he does have, like, very similar shapes to the legs, and that, that uh torso the truck folding that front half down like that's very much the g1 trailbreaker toy and he has a great head sculpt for the era he does and like i just posted a video of him today where everyone's going that's armada red alert it's like i guess it was kind of is many years before armada yeah like red alert with like wheeljack's ears yeah now scorch is like 1992 that's like over that's at least 10 years prior to armada Oh yeah, no, it's just a weird happenstance thing. Like I've got, I've got a micro master that has the exact same head as Cheetor. So it's just like every now and then they come out looking the like. I just went and checked. So the three I had growing up were Scorch, Hurricane, and Flash. Those were the three I had. Mm. I do not believe I had Boss. I always confused Boss with Hurricane in like artwork because they both have blue. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Scorch, Hurricane, and Flash were my three growing up. Yeah. Uh, Hurricane I did have the option for, but I turned it down because for some reason he was more expensive than the others, and he looked kind of like the most boring of the four. 
The main thing that's fun about Hurricane is when you transform him, his head flips up to look like he's driving in the cockpit seat, and his gun pegs into the back of his head. <laughs> I don't remember if it literally pegs into the back of his head, but that's where it rests. Mm. And I always thought that looked kind of funny. Uh, so beyond that, uh, Flash, which is... For those who have never seen Flash, it is uh, it is a bright red car Autobot with yellow detailing. So they apparently didn't have trademark lawsuits in the UK in the 90, in 1992. Well, he straight up has like, I call it a Firebird sticker on his chest. Like it isn't. Oh, it's not. But at a glance, if you're a little kid who doesn't really know how things work and someone says Firebird is, is a car type, I'd go, oh, you mean like Flash? Um, also, I always loved how he transformed. He does have a nice transformation. Um, the way I put it is like, he has all the retro elements of a G1 toy Mm. because it's the rear flipping down into the legs. It's like, uh, the, you know, like the front end pointing out for the chest and he's got the door wings, but they're actually his shoulders now. And then the way they close up over his face as a kid, I always thought that was really cool. That and like the hot pink, yeah. That's yeah. That was the weird thing. It's like every Autobot has hot pink for the translucent parts. Yeah, it's lively. Mm-hmm. Flash is a guy where, in a world where we've gotten an, uh, you know, through through Botcon, we've gotten an updated Rapido. I always put Flash up there with Rapido, like those were my two main European guys outside of Supreme, and I've always wanted an updated Flash. To this day. So he turned out nice. Um, the one I, the one out of the Turbo Masters that ended up winning me was Boss. Yeah, never like, had this guy. For G one, Boss has a lot of transformation to him. Like he's like he's he's got the he's got the rear leg thing again, but his he's also got like uh, uh, he's got the windshield that rotates around to for his chest. He rotates at the waist. His head flips up. He's got like every classic G1 element of transformation kind of rolled into one. Nice. And I, that, I, I love the cannon placement too. Yeah, the cannon placement. Yeah, if you've never if you've never seen Boss, he's that weird transformer that kind of looks like the Tim Burton Batmobile. Yeah, he's just got this giant like turbine cannon sticking out of the front of his car mode. Yeah, because that was a Turbo Master thing was they all had these like rocket launchers that look like gigantic engines how are the the missile launchers on all of yours powerful welcome welcome (laughs) to the world of my childhood (laughs) the lack of safety laws that's right because they're one inch tiny little missiles that get launched a mile away and unlike the predators the turbo masters guns don't disintegrate after a while while you're shooting those missiles out yeah thanks gold plastic yeah no, boss ended up being really fun. Like, in a weird way, boss feels like G one drift. Kind of, I, I would say it's a t- for me. I would give that toss up between boss and Flash. I, Flash maybe in some of the robot details, but like just body shape alone, like boss hits a lot of the same points. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Hmm. So those are the Autobots I got. Mm-hmm. You know, leading to Decepticons, I got Drench, which is not the Drench we got in the U.S., but it's a completely different character named Drench that has a completely unique mold. Too many Drenches. 
overdrenched. No, this this one is like this uh, maroon and like neon green windshield uh, Le Mans car. Yeah, but it does have that. It doesn't have that color change gimmick still. And he's a he's one of the more basic ones. He's he's kind of goofy and fun to play with. Just in the, it's that kind of thing they don't do anymore with Transformers. Like I love just like the the first thing I did is I took this guy out and I took a hair dryer to him. I, I wanted to see if I could make his entire chest change color at the same time. Does that paint still work? It does. Sweet. I think it's one of those things. I don't know if that gives out. I've always wondered about that because I know there are some toys where it like molts off or something. Ugh. But like it's very, you know, toy to toy. And I've never been clear on like on the longevity of that that paint, especially from back then. Well. Uh, 1992, still working. Yay! Yeah, he he was pretty basic. Um, uh, the more in the more interesting realm, I got Calcar. I know that name, but I don't remember what he looks like. <laughs> Calcar is very Euro G1. He is a pink buggy with bright blue and bright green windshields. Oh, he's got that head that all the big guys have from that line. That was the thing. Like, even Drench has a similar head. Yeah. I just started note. I started noticing that. Just all the Decepticons all had this very sharp helmet, gas mask, bronze face thing going on. Yeah. He looks cool. Like, I, I, I that, that chest design really works for me. Calcar is very cool. Like, name is the dumbest name I've ever heard. Yeah, it, it sounds like a really mean name because it ends with R. No. And that's about it. <laughs> Lift it up. Calcar is like a piece of a bat's wing. A Calcar is like <laughs> a piece of the bone in your leg. Like, there's actual definitions. It's supposed to be like a Saturday morning cartoon way of saying calculation. Yeah. It's it's up there with Prowl, too, as far as, like, what were you thinking? But the toy itself is neat. Like... He himself is pretty basic, aside from, oh my god, the colors. Um, he was one of the uh, Trakons, which was the Decepticon version of the, uh, I would say, Lightformers. Yeah. Where they had this gigantic weapon, you know, that came that comes with them. And the weapon has a little crank on it that turns a little chain gun on, and it clicks so it sounds like it's firing off shots. But if you look through the scope... It's doing this weird mirror trick with the light piping on top, where mm-hmm. if you look through the scope and you aim it at an Autobot and then you turn the crank, it looks like la- twin laser fires at whatever is in the scope. Like there's little green lines come out from the sides of the scope and that's meet in the middle. That's cool. Yeah, it, that's what that's why I grabbed it because it's like we never got that gimmick and that's a that's a neat little like light trick. And I've been examining this thing since I got it. I still don't know how it works. And I, I thought for a second you were going to say it was like a slideshow because I was like, that sounds like the Predators. But yeah, that's. Yeah, it's not a slideshow. Like something is in between like the front and the back end of that scope that still lets you see through it. But it also overlays this laser line. And I don't know how. And. Also, I was looking at the other track on it. I, th- I think that you got the better of the two myself. Oh, yeah. But I'm also just a real big fan of that color scheme. <laughs> I like the turquoises, maroons, and bright greens of the Predators and this dude. Yeah. 
Because that was that was the thing for me. It's like, okay, of all the stuff I'm grabbing off of this guy, I want stuff that never. I want molds that never came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I I want those weird colors. Yeah, like, I want my neon greens. I want pinks and magentas. And you got to get yourself some predators. Just don't use their guns. <laughs> I had the option for a few predators. Yeah, they. I mean, don't don't actually go out of your way for. I like the predators, but their guns are depressing because yeah. they disintegrate all the time. Yeah, like uh, in this list of stuff I could have grabbed, pyro was in there. I was like, no, gold plastic, go away. Yeah, predators, gold plastic, go away. I can't wait till we figure out how to cure it. It's got to. It's got to be something in our future. All the technology, still can't figure that out. Yeah. The big draw, no, the big one, the last one I got, and this wraps up my on topic. Uh, G one clench. Ooh, I I was uh, when we, when we got Bach on clench, that always that ended up kind of satisfying that for me. I was like, I guess this is it. This is this is how I'll do this. I got clench enough. I, ne- I never handled G one clench. It's an interesting toy. Uh. The weird thing about it is, like, only the front half of that toy actually transforms into a robot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 an obliterator, which means half of that vehicle comes off and becomes a massive missile platform. Did he have all the missiles? Four of them. Ooh, four, yeah. Four out of six. You got to convince somebody because I, I I feel like this must have happened by now. Someone's got to go at least on Shapeways and make models of the Predator guns that disintegrate and the shared missiles that all these guys had. Like the tiny nub missiles. Mm, yeah. Uh, the transformation on Clench is... It's kind of G1 basic in some ways, but it's it's got a little bit of modern style to it where it's shells that come together to form his legs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's all like forward motion, but he's got a little bit more articulation than your typical G1, like hips, knees, elbows, shoulders. Yeah. And that so, chest design. Chest design I love. Like, th- this is where, this is the one I show, is like, yeah, this is what Transformers was in, like, the UK. Like, during the, during the dark year where there was none in the US, this is what they were making. It's sparkly blue plastic, it's neon green, it's hot pink, he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But I love the des- I love the design on him. Love that. Uh, the Obliterator gimmick? Um, mine doesn't work too great. Like, I... Because the whole idea is it's one of those rapid-fire missile things where you pull it back and then, like, when it's all the way back, it automatically launches. So the idea is just to keep pulling it back and then you can rapid-fire all the missiles that he's got stored away. And since he's got, like, two chambers full of missiles, he, like, double fires. Hmm. So it's supposed to be this big barrage. And mine kind of works half the time. Do you think that the weight of more missiles in the chamber would help? Well, he's still going to fire them, like, even after you get the next two missiles out. And I've tried it with, like, three in one slot and one in the other. Okay. And still, I don't know if it's just age, if the mechanism just kind of gets uh, messed up over time, or if it's, like, gunked up on the inside somewhere that I can't see. But, like, when it does, when I can get it to work, it's a really cool thing. Just, just like, and now I really need to, like, I don't know how, but I need to track down those other two missiles just so I can see what the full barrage looks like. I mean, 
those seem like the kind of thing you could, if you're willing to just spend money that feels kind of dumb to spend on a missile, you could probably find those on eBay. Oh, I'm sure. Like the the fear is it's it's parts out of the UK, so like I'm gonna pay a lot in shipping to ship two sticks of plastic. All American sellers will have those. There there are guys who specialize in that kind of stuff. Like I I don't think you're gonna need to get it from the UK. It's just. It'll probably be something dumb like five to eight dollars per missile. Yeah, I, uh, I've had projects where I used to do that. I mean, end of the day, it's like I'll like you'll spend like fifteen bucks, but then you'll have a complete clinch. You don't have to think about it anymore. No, but he ended up being really cool. I've been after one for a long time, and yeah, he's a fun and interesting little uh, little transformer. Yeah. I, I would tell anybody who just feels like they're getting bored with Transformers who haven't done this already, dig into the weird stuff from Euro G1 if you've never messed with any of it. Like, it's all sitting there waiting, and a lot of it is super cool. Yeah, it's such a different vibe from anything we had before. Yeah. And it's it's from this world that's probably never going to get revisited. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's super worth checking out. So, yeah, that is my on-topic. Cool. I do not believe... Oh, no, I do. Um, I got a couple other on-topic things. Thanks to Darth Prime, uh, I got some uh, some Bacon toys in the mail. Uh, he sent them in a box where he wrote Fragile in huge letters on every side and then wrote Omega Supreme says Fragile Sucka on another side of the box. And I'm surprised that no one at Canada Post took umbrage to that and then carved up the box as a result because I was happy. I was like, yeah, stick it to them. Stick it. But... Um, I got the BotCon Reflector 3-pack, and uh, the new head sculpt on that reflector is a Hasbro pre-tool that was never used, so it looks sharp. Uh, it looks a whole lot like Cartoon Reflector, and they got like the right kind of curvatures on his forehead, that weird kind of dumpy frown, um, and uh, the, the color scheme is pretty strong. There, there are a couple now, a couple of different takes on combining the three of them together. And I've tried a few of them, and they're all pretty cool. The main thing is that they are not cameras. They are guns. And they, they're not combining into a giant camera. They're combining into a, a bigger gun, or maybe an orbital gun. Uh, the worst thing about them is trying to pretend that they're cameras. It just doesn't work. <laughs> if you stop saying they're cameras, they actually start to even look better. So, um... Jesse Wittenreich, uh, Rid Night Viper on Twitter, came up with a combination that used every locking point to basically, like, triple stack them together. Um, and that, that makes them look even more like a big gun. Uh, there's also the, the the transformation that was seen at BotCon has been modified since, where they're a bit more sticky-outy parts. I kind of like that one for looking more like a satellite. But uh, they're, they're neat. I, uh, I'm happy I grabbed them uh, through, uh, through Mr. Darth Prime, because uh, I like that mold a lot. And uh, the reflectors wear that mold pretty well, uh, the Legend Shockwave mold. Um, he also uh, proxied for me the Botcon Megatron, the TM3 uh, Megatron. Um, and uh, that toy looks pretty... Like, that toy is real weird to see in person after all the years of it just existing as, as concept art. Uh, the, bot, the, the Megatron head sculpt is pretty darn good. He's got kind of weird, like... The paint apps around his eyes make it look like he has bags under his eyes, and I don't really get where that's coming from. Um, the only bummer on him is, you know how the chrome on Transformers toys has been for the last couple of years? Like, especially ever since, like, it sort of returned on leader Jetfire? Oh, dear. 
where it, it's like the chrome is there, but it's kind of occasionally has this mottled look to it or even like a kind of bubbly look here and there. Like it looks like it's getting ready to molt off. Uh, totally on, on BotCon Megatron, the, the chrome is on that par. Uh, shouldn't be surprising, to be honest, because it's made in the Transformers factories who have not been good at doing back metal chrome for a while now. But it's a bummer on a, on a piece that like the chrome is part of its identity. Uh, mm -hmm. So I immediately uh, tried for the first time to give it a coating of future floor polish or, you know, pledged floor polish uh, with a paintbrush. So I just, you know, put some floor polish in a bottle cap and I just painted it with a brush onto all the vac metal parts. Um, people do this uh, a bunch as like a, a way of sort of sealing the chrome. And uh, it seems to have worked like you feel it still feels good. Um, it, it hasn't like tinted the chrome at all. And it's given just a clear coat. And uh, hopefully that works. I, I ran Megatron through his transformations as well, because I haven't played with Gigatron in a while. So I just ran him through the basic uh, Gigatron transformations, trying to use his instruction sheet. This is the thing no one told anyone about. So Bakon Megatron's instruction sheet is actually unusable. Um, because it's the Giga it's the old RID Megatron instruction sheet, but the front and okay. back pictures are of Bakon Megatron, all the transformation pictures and text instructions attached to them are from the RID instruction sheet, I believe. Except they've been shrunken down so much that all the text is actually illegible. Oh yeah, because that sheet was huge. So it's that sheet shrunken down into something that could fit into like a Legends package. Oh. So it's actually useless. <laughs> but I tried to use it nonetheless, because I still remember Gigatron a little bit. But if you've never messed with Gigatron, oh my god, that sheet is oh useless. <laughs> uh, a whole lot of people looking at PDFs. Yeah, it's it's not... I mean, Gigatron came out in 2001. It's not hard to figure out how to transform him. Uh, I was just laughing, because I, I I had not heard a single thing about the instruction sheet at Bacon, so I guess no one looked at it. Um, the other interesting thing about the instruction sheet is it calls him Combiner Wars Megatron. I guess because that's the <laughs> that's the template that was around for that. But um, the thing worth noting, number one, uh, the dragon mode does have unpainted eyes. I'm going to go in and try to do some paint on that. I, I looked at the pictures of the stickers that come with the Magnaboss set, and like I get where they're coming from, but I feel like I'm going to be able to... What I'm going to do is I'm going to paint the eyes black and then dot two dots of gold in as the iris of the dragon eyes. Because I went back and checked Beast Wars, because I couldn't remember if, if, Beast War, if TM2 Megatron had pupils in his eyes or not in dragon mode, but he did. So I'm going to go for, like, I'm going to paint the eye black. I'll do the iris. Uh, so two dots of gold is the iris, and then, like, the dot of black between them as the pupil. Um, the dragon mode's kind of cool. He actually wears the jet mode way better. Because um, it's it's in, like, you know, TM2 Megatron colors, and it's got a great shape. The Giga Car mode also kind of works, because TM2 Megatron had that, like, ridiculous third mode where he's, like, a dragon with wheels on his legs. <laughs> Um, the car mode or the car mode, the the hand mode is dumb. Still, it's still dumb. Uh, but you've got a ducky to hold now. I didn't buy the ducky. I don't. I People don't need have them. a ducky they can hold now. They they do. Uh, but it's worth noting. I don't think anyone should be sad about this. To be honest, the bat mode is gone. Um, because of the new head, there's actually there was no room inside the cavity for the fold away bat nose. So they just left it out. So there's no bat mode. I don't really mind myself. 
But I saw some comments of people going like, there's something weird here. I can't get the bat mode to work. And it's like, yeah, you got to just not do the bat mode. Um, but yeah, it's a neat toy. It's 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 an it's it's following the pattern. Every David K Megatron that shows up at a Bacon now, all both of them have become ridiculously expensive, and he's joined him in being that. So, if you're gonna go for one, you're gonna go for one. And I'm not. I mean, you're probably gonna end up paying stupid for it, uh, and it's a shame. But with that set aside, or trying to set that aside, it's a strong convention toy, and it looks the part. Um, the fiction form is weird because this is apparently a body he had before Beast Wars, which is weird. And I, I'd like to, I'd like to see the comic book to know what alt modes he uses. Cause I can't, it's going to also be weird if in the comic he's using like five different alt modes as well. Cause then it's like, dude, what did you, what did you not tell anyone about <laughs> when you all crash landed on earth? Uh, but if you set that part aside in a way and just treat it like, no, it's like, it's like magic fictional transmetal three Megatron or something like it works. And it's cool to see the best of the unused OTFCC concepts actually realized. And the head sculpt is one of the best head sculpts, uh, I've seen out of Bokkan that wasn't a Hasbro pre-tool in a while. Um, it's still a little mushy in some spots. But overall, it, it works quite well. I think it helps that it's a it's it's a big head sculpt. I think it really nails the point that the smaller the head sculpt, the more it gets fun pubbed, I guess, is the equation. Um, since there's like lots of room for this one, it doesn't feel like it's been compromised the way that some other head sculpts in past have been. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. And I want to throw just one more thanks out to Darth Prime for, for the hookup. Uh, that was that was very kind. Uh, that about does it for the on topic that I got. So, uh, Aaron... You got yes. at least one off-topic thing that I think, like, we mentioned briefly two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, the big off-topic thing I'd say that I've gotten recently was I picked up the Lego Ideas Maze. Yeah. So, okay, here's my question, because I didn't read up about okay. it. I just know it came out. Okay. Uh, so it's one of those tilty mazes. Yes. Uh, is it you just build the one tilty maze, or is it like a system where you can customize the maze? So it's set up so that you can pull the game board out. Okay. It it does not actually lock into anything. You just build a platform, and then it has it has step by step instructions for two playboards, and then it has like four pages of ideas, and it comes with a whole bunch of extra stuff. So it's not just like you can. It only has the stuff for the one playboard. It has it for two, and with any bit of imagination, you can make a whole bunch more. Nice. But yes, it has two knobs. Um, so like a you know forward, back, and a left, right knob. Um, the way that it's built, it actually doesn't have equal travel. So hmm. on the away motions, because it uses a Technics L piece. Um, on the away motions, it hits something, whereas on the toward motions, since it kind of, you sit at like 45 degree angle for yourself so that you can control it. Is that, is that very noticeable when you're playing around with it as a maze? Not really, because okay. most of your most of your movement should be just a few degrees off of flat. Yeah. But I was sitting there just, well, like, messing with the extremes on it. You're supposed to be, except when you're an idiot like me who doesn't right. know how those mazes work. And you just send the ball careening yes. into every corner. In, in your case, you probably would. <laughs> Why can't I make the ball go fast? 
But um, it was it was a, a fun build, a little bit of techniques, a little bit of art on it. Um, you build like the you build a little capsule thing that you keep the the little soccer balls actually. Oh, that's cool. Um, and the little the little like old two by two balls from the old sports lines that they brought back into production for this. Wow. Um, but actually there are a whole lot of people that do like the giant ball creations that are super happy because it means that you can then again, order these just straight from Lego for like eight cents a piece or something. Lego soccer fans rejoice. Yeah. Well, no, not for the soccer for like the crazy giant ball contraptions. Oh yeah. 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 The, uh, that, that need a whole lot of these balls that slowly disappear whenever you do anything with them. Perpetual motion machine. Yeah. Things. Um, but it's fun. Um, there's actually a group of us that are looking at doing um, from the local Lafayette Lego users group. That uh, I say local, it's still five states away. But uh, we're looking at making a larger scale version of it potentially for a Lego show. Cool. So instead of being just like slightly smaller than a standard base plate, going like for a large gray base plate or maybe even bigger. <laughs> depending on how big it scales up and i'm not sure if we're going to do a little ball or if we're going to come up with something bigger because a little tiny ball with a giant friggin maze would be either really cool or horrible those are not those are yeah those are not mutually exclusive things you just said right but uh so that was it was a fun build um it's been a bit since i've had a larger build um, I'm trying to think what anything else was that I've had a big build like that, like Pose X-Wing and the birds. About all the Lego I've done here. Man. But, you get some more mileage out of those birds. Yeah. They're nice. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Put them in a box, probably. Poor birds. Um, it was a nice little fun set, but it's like... There's, there's no life for birds, man, sticking them in a box. Yeah. That's... yeah. But um trying to think what else I've gotten. I got a gun, another Gunpla a little while back. Which one? Um, Wing Gundam. Ah, that's the cool high one. Grade. XXXG01W Wing Gundam. Yeah, that's the best version of Wing Gundam. That's from like Endless Dancing. Okay. That's the <laughs> that's the famous Gundam movie. Is a Gundam Wing Endless Dancing. Okay. Yeah, it says Gundam Wing and then a bunch of Japanese I can't read. That, so sure. They, that that stuff means Endless Dancing. Okay. Uh, it's but, it's uh, where Char shows up. You should just go on Twitter and ask anyone about it. They'll be able to tell you. Okay, I'll I'll probably get told about it on Twitter now. Yeah, but uh, it was another fun build. I don't have I don't have a stand to do the flight mode thing, where you can like transform parts of it and move things around and make it look like a robot man with a shield on his head. You don't have a stand yet. Yeah. Well, I I may have a stand actually at home. I think I might have picked up one of the stands at a show that was compatible with this stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. There ain't no room for maybes in Gunpla, sir. Yeah. But no, it was another... It was three or four weeks back when I went into New York again. And was like, I'm here again. What's one that looks fun? That one does. It's where all the Gunpla guys hang out and are a bad influence on you. Yeah, it was like ten bucks. It was... Yeah, sadly, that's like a nothing thing. The first one. Then I started looking at like the more serious ones. I'm like, ooh, that's cool too. Oh wow, that one's really cool. Wow, there's three digits in that price tag. Nope. Yeah, or you know, you buy ten dollar ones so often, you realize that oh, I spent more than two digits on all these Gundams that I have. Yeah. 
but dangerous no, days. That's that's it for on topic stuff. O- off topic. Bought a couple so. of or off topic stuff. I bought a couple of more shirts from work, so I have stuff with company logos and company aircraft on it. Just to be something a little bit different it's for the heist. Yeah. Sweet. Well, uh, I got a. Uh... I got I, I got two off topics, but one of them is kind of I've only just opened it, so I'll, I'll wait. I think I'm talking about it, but I got a big thing I'd like to talk about, which is actually a small thing. But I got my first Vitruvian hacks figure. Uh, I'm an all-in backer who's an international, so I got the option of uh, waiting on receiving the first seven or eight figures, and instead like, re- the option was, hey, since you're international and it's expensive for us to ship it there now, uh, if you wait, we'll give you a bonus figure. So I said, okay. Also means I'm waiting even longer to actually mess with these toys. So, uh, some things that were not in the all-in were some of the exclusives they've done. One of those exclusives was for Kokomo Toys and all the cool stuff. Uh, it's a redeco of the Amazon as the Elite Amazon, uh, who has, like, even shinier armor and a different darker skin tone, etc., etc. Also comes with way more accessories. Uh, multiple helmets, multiple weapons. So this is my first time messing with Vitruvian hacks. I've been curious forever of like, do these even feel good? And that's the big win is that the hand feel factor on these is immense. Uh, The the joint tolerance is out of the box. I guess we'll see as time goes on out of the box on something that's G.I. Joe scale. And in this case, a female figure with much slimmer arms uh, than a lot of three, three quarter inch figures out there. Like the, the, the feel of the joints and the tolerance of the joints is absolutely superb. Uh, it's, it's extremely strong. Um, and I was, I was extremely impressed with this piece. Uh, it's, it's making me look forward to the other exclusive that came out. It came out at, uh, two exclusives came out at, at NJCC. One of them was the ultimate Spartan who I skipped, but the other one was this two pack where you get, uh, a dude and a Gorgon, and I got one of those on the way from their web store. So uh, soon I will have a female figure, a male figure, and a Gorgon figure to tide me over till my backer stuff comes in. But this female figure right off the bat is just like, feels great. So I'm really, really looking forward to having more of these. Vitruvian hacks, like it seems like all the time they spent tweaking the QC in China in person uh, paid off because the end result feels wonderful, and I, I can't wait to mess with the snake ladies. Um, the only the only bummer about the figure, really, is that that chest armor uh, kind of negates, for the most part, the waist swivel slash ab crunch. Um, like, you can do it, but moving the joint around makes the armor start to split apart along the sides, which is not really a big deal, because it still stays on, but if you take the armor off, then you can get, like, way crazier torso articulation. Uh, you also can see that there is, like... It's not like there is a nipple sculpted, but there's like a pointy bit at the end of the boob. It's it's not a nipple. It's like an implied nipple. It's just weird. Um, and it's it's like weird enough where I'm like, am I going to be able to like film this figure with the armor off or is it too nipple? That's my new band name, implied nipple. It's a very implied nipple. It's weird. Either don't mention it at all or put a giant weird like cover up thing on it like as you move the toy around it has like two smiley face pasties that you've obviously put in post i've been thinking of putting the black bars on just for fun <laughs> but i don't know or at least in the beginning and be like hey here's what it really yeah, looks put like the black no bars on and go like oh by the way since i think we can all agree that we don't need these and just <laughs> flick them and have them fly off and then like get someone yeah, that'd re- be cool just like bing yeah, and they get someone to record a clip, like, wherever they are, of them getting hit in the head with the black bars or something like that. 
but yeah, this this story is great, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of this stuff. Uh, once they get all their Kickstarter stuff out, once they ship all their post-Kickstarter pre-orders, it sounds like Boss Fight have got enough product coming to keep their store stocked for a little while. And uh, I think this, I, I feel like they're going to do real well. Because as far as foreign scale stuff, this is some of the best stuff I've messed with in ages. Um, if there's one thing I would have liked to add, it would have been a thigh swivel. But someone who's gotten their their early backer stuff kind of went at one of the blank figures. And there's a way to mod a thigh swivel in there if you're willing to do a bit of cutting due to the way that they're assembled. Because these, these toys are also built for customization. So, like, it's a blank figure. All the silver stuff is separate parts that you can pull off of the figure. Uh, and, like, the figure itself is very easy to, dis to disassemble. There's only one screw. It's the Vitruvian Hacks butt screw, uh, as it's become known, because it's a screw that's in the butt of every figure that holds the pelvis together. If you pull that screw out, you can fully disassemble the figure quite easily uh, without putting it at risk, and that's really neat. Uh, oh, the only one other thing, uh, and this seems to be across the line. So the Amazon uh, and all the figures, they come with two pairs of hands, one pair where the wrist hinge makes the wrist go inward, and another pair where the wrist hinge is rotated 90 degrees so it lets them point swords forward instead. I love that! A lot! Because inward wrist bend is more common on toys, I find, and also more useless. So not only do I like the fact there's an option, but the default hands are the ones that allow this figure to point her sword at stuff. Uh... Anyway, I won't get too much farther. There's a lot of reviews out now of this stuff. You can look at things like, you know, sword sheaths and the various accessories. I was really impressed. Um, that's my off-topic thing. Uh, TJ, have you got an off-topic thing? Uh, not especially. Um, oh God, most of my off-topic was Glio stuff that only you and I care about. Like, my Red Glow stuff is up to five of the seven they've made, so that's, that's cool to me. Did you get any of the new uh, Spy Monkey Barbarian dudes? Uh, I got the four painted ones, yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to say it right now. I think it's obviously it's popular. Mm -hmm. It's it's like it's precisely the kind of thing that I'm not really interested in. <laughs> I, I will say this: like, there's two types of Glios out there. There is the compatible type that can play around very well with all the other lines, and then there's just the ones that are action figures that happen to use Glios. Yeah, just because it's easier to engineer parts together. These are way more compatible than those. Because they're in the same scale as the Traveler figures in your standard Glio size. And, like, I was I was taking pictures of them with, like, all the different armors and different bodies kind of yeah, swapped the, together. And they, they still look fine. Like, the, sca the scale thing and the notion of, in in a way, providing more armor foreheads, I totally saw. I was like, yeah, that's that's a draw for sure. It's just, like, I've, I've never connected with the He-Man pose action figure. Yeah, uh, and and Weaponeers of Munkaw was like borderline designed like that, except there was a way to rebuild them to look more like stand up, dynamic, and tall. Yeah, and uh, that's what made me connect with them even more. So when the big reveal happened, I was kind of like, I'm not really into this. But then I was also feeling this immense wave of relief because I was like, <laughs> it's like I'm no. not really into this. <laughs> I can just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about making it to this drop for eight figures and like buying the painted ones will still be like 60 American. And I don't have to worry. And then I felt this brief moment of guilt where I was like, oh, my God, what if the line doesn't do well? What if I'm the one who ruins it? And then it sold out in what, like eight minutes, seven, yeah. seven minutes. So I was like, hey, 
I, <laughs> it's not my problem. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I am blameless. Yes. <laughs> um, but I was wondering how those guys turned out in hand. That sounds like they, they turned out pretty good. Yeah, they are fun little figures. Like they are. What, what's it called? I should, sorry. What's the line called? <laughs> Battle never, tribes. Battle tribes. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very. It is very much tiny. He man's the same points of articulation. Well, it's got a little bit more because they swivel at the wrists and the boots and all that. Yeah. So it is. It's very much tiny. He man, and then you get a bunch of heads to make them different species of like like stuff out of D and D, like mm-hmm. you know your cyclops, your ogre, etc. Somewhere down the road. If I'm like at a show and I see them, I would totally get like a, a clear blue one and a red one and make a Chris star and kind of just do that. Like that's that's I think the the situation that would really get me. Oh, let's see. Uh, no, besides like besides all the the Glio stuff, uh, the only thing I really got off topic was uh, I found a I found a seller in China that uh, I don't know I don't know what his deal is, but he specifically deals in like. Uh, plush toys of pokemon that don't normally get plush toys all right so uh it's basically it's third party pokemon oh man 3p i know something about 3p but no i've got like a foot tall scyther plushie now hey scyther is the one right you're gonna get a plushie scyther and mewtwo well it doesn't think mewtwo gets tons of stuff yeah, action figures, little minifigs. He's gotten plush toys before. S- screw Mewtwo. Like, Scyther got like two things in the original series, and then nothing since. Yeah, like Scyther to me, he was the one Pokemon Red Pokemon I traded into my blue cartridge before I lost track of the dude who had a red cartridge, and so Scyther was always this like exotic thing that was like a special Pokemon in my deck. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's been my that's my Pokemon. That's my favorite. So like it hurts me that so little comes out for him. Like yeah. and it's well made. Like it looks like a Scyther. Like it doesn't look like it's gonna fall apart any minute. You know, there's a couple details that are off, but beyond that, like it's really nicely Not made. Bad. And his his eBay shop is full of stuff like that. Like Pokemon that are typically very popular. But mm. just because they're not the cute Pokemon, they don't get toys. I can dig that. That's uh, that's respectable. Yeah, and there's like there's such a part of me as like half of the team I usually have is in this shop. <laughs> this is a bad shop for me to look at. It is hang out for a little while. It's <laughs> cool. All right, and also, that's China, so that adds one more nationality to your... Indeed it does. Your realm of gets. I'm an international man of bankruptcy. That does it for for what we got this week, for my what I got this week, and for, I guess, everyone else's what we got this week. So thank you all for tuning in to WTFW. We'll be back next week with some more Transformers action. Um, And if news stays slow, probably more than one listener question, um, I... Is news going to stay slow? I feel like we're at a period for it to stay slow. It's It's got a man. Yeah. We yeah. just got a Bacon dump, so there's not a whole lot that can happen. Yeah. Like, there's, 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 uh, what is it? Rid season two has fully aired in Australia, which means for the greater internet, it's fully aired. But, um, I still don't, I feel bad. I'd like to talk about Rid, but I don't want to, like, 
meticulously comb through the episodes to pick them apart in pieces because that's just going to make them feel worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the show as a casual watch, but uh, I w- once we, I think once the Rid, whatever, the Beast Hunter equivalent movie comes out, and then once we know whether or not there really is like another, another season coming or not, once Rid is over, I'd like to go back and talk about it a little bit. But as it is, I'm, I'm happier just sort of making an anecdote during a show. Um, did either of you guys check out season two so far? Not yet. Uh, not yet. I have not had the time to commit. It's all up there on Daily Motion now. <laughs> Uh, if you want to watch it pseudo-legally, um, I would recommend treating it like season one. Just when you feel it, watch it, and when you feel bored, take a break. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in. In the meantime, I don't know where that tangent came from. Thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me tonight, and we will talk to you guys another day on WTFW. Look at me, but you got some badass perpetrators, and they're here to stay.